Hey, what is going on everyone? It's me, Mr. Mario, and welcome back to another episode of Mario's Minute. This is the episode for August of 2020, and this time around, I did actually bring a guest on who I'll have on here momentarily. But in case you do not know, this is a monthly podcast I like to do here on the Mr. Mario 2011 YouTube channel, as well as pretty much anywhere that podcasts are readily available. So Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, pretty much wherever your favorite podcasting platform or app is, just open it up, look up Mario's Minute, and it should be there. Now, I did kind of stress the guest right there because I do like to have a guest on every other episode and, you know, on my solo episodes, I just talk about whatever. On my guest episodes, I talk about whatever with a guest and I had a really good streak going on for a while, but unfortunately, last month I did break that and that was completely on me just scheduling and such and you know just being a bit too busy but either way I was able to get a guest this time around and you know what I guess I've been teasing this uh too much here to my guest here who the hell are you hey uh Danny thanks for having me on uh my name's Colton people on the internet might know me as the only Zoltan but uh who am I kidding nobody knows me on the internet uh yeah, it's uh, it's a pleasure to be here. And you know what, Danny? I think getting me as a guest... Mm, oh, who am I kidding? It doesn't make up for you not getting a guest last month. But no, I'll do what I can. No, no, no. I'll do what I can. No, dude, it does. I didn't want to talk by myself for three months in a row. <laughs> Danny, I could listen to you talk. <sighs> well, thank, thank you. I appreciate months. it. But I, I, I know a lot of people do like this podcast. And if you do, I appreciate you. Thank you so much. But, you know, there's only so many times per month that you can stare at a wall and talk because that's that's kind of what this is in the end. We're all just kind of like all, all these content creators. We're all just kind of slightly crazy people just talking into a mic and staring at a wall. That that is a look into the other side. I did not need as a content creator. I <laughs> That's dark. That's dark, Danny. <laughs> you're, you're saying uh, you do some content as your content creator. For anybody who doesn't know you, uh, what exactly do you do? So I do a little bit of content creation on the side uh, with a little group called GT Halo or Greater Toronto Halo. Uh, so that's usually like live production stuff for a Halo uh, tournament organizing group based out of Toronto, but we do a lot of online tournaments. And then for my day-to-day job, I actually do content creation for a little YouTube channel that some people might know, The Score Esports. Um, I work on some of the YouTube videos on that channel, not all of them. Uh, There's a a pretty big team behind that channel, but I'm one of the video editors working on the content there. Oh yeah, that's awesome. And I mean, I was following like the little content you did prior to that. I haven't seen uh, much like the Halo stuff in particular, but like even even with us, we actually didn't even get acquainted through content creation or anything. We we got acquainted through your brother. But I was gonna say like, and I and I've told you this before. Like, it's been cool seeing the score just grow so much. And I think the point I realized it was bigger because I found out about it through you, since that's where you work for your day job. But um. It was one time I was just, I was like having my lunch or someone, uh, like just have my lunch and someone next to me was having their lunch and they were watching a video from the score and I just kind of tapped them. I was like, dude, I know a person that works there. He's like, what are you you serious? That's awesome. So that was just a really cool moment. Yeah. It's been a little bit surreal for me because like when I started at the score, we were like, we were like a borderline, like irrelevant channel. Sure. Um, not that the content was irrelevant or that the content wasn't good. It's just like obviously growing a platform, especially YouTube, uh, it takes time. And like we were not really we hadn't been doing what we were doing now for very long. Uh, and like basically we've more than doubled in size 
uh, subscriber base since I got there, and it's been uh, it's been pretty wild to see and like be there behind the scenes for all of it. So, uh, I've I've had plenty of moments like that where like I'll like run into people and they'll be like, "Wait, you work at the score? Like, I love their videos," and they'll like bring up all these like cool videos that they like, and like none of them are the ones I edit, but that's totally <laughs> fine. It's 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 really surreal, honestly. That's so cool. Yeah, congratulations to, I mean, the success you've had with your videos, but of course, uh, the score as well, too. And I know um, we were talking about this before, and, and the cool thing is, like, I think one thing with doing full-time content creation, even just, like, I know you edit and such for them, but one worry is always, you know, oh, the algorithm, or what's going to happen, or I need sponsorships, or I can't pay rent this month, or something. And I, I love the setup that you have, because I know we talked about it, and it's very much like, you are hired in as an employee at this corporation, you're editing, and it's very much like, okay, like my job is to get this edit done, do it well, get it out there, and if the video does astounding, awesome. If it fails, well, guess what? Like, the topic wasn't right, or there was an algorithm issue, or it didn't get pushed out, or the people should have titled it better, or the SEO was bad, or what have you. So it's kind of just, you you get your own thing where it's like, hey, I'm doing this, I didn't fuck up my own role right here, I'm all good. Y'all, y'all are the ones that messed this up <laughs> yeah it's definitely like uh like as much as for some people um they really like to keep things like that that are hobbies kind of separate from their work um it wasn't really that much of a hobby for me before i started working at this core like it was a little bit but it wasn't like something i did as much as you know youtubers who are doing this for a living somebody like you danny who does quite a bit of content um so for me it was never like this thing where it's like, oh, you know, I'm I'm really invested in like making this successful like monetarily. And so going to the score where it's like I don't have to worry about each individual video, whether it bombs or not, because at the end of the day, I just have to take the, the piece and make it, you know, the best thing that I can. And obviously there's a huge team as well behind it. So it's it's not like I'm working on every video by myself. So that obviously helps a lot. Um, but it, it makes it really easy to just focus on the edit. And I don't ever have that sort of thing in the back of my head that's like oh but you got to play to the algorithm and you you want to make people happy it's just like i just look at every video is like oh i just i just want to edit the best video i can that's awesome and then i know that it's really nice too when you can have like a catalog that you can reference be like yeah i got all these and kind of like i don't know a little mini resume in a way where it's like yeah they did this well and blah blah and this is how this looked and all this other stuff so that's really cool to have as well too in mm -hmm. your catalog absolutely yeah, yeah like having you know, an actual string of, of professionally made content now that I can point to and say like, hey, I made that. I was part of this team that did that. Here's what I did. Like it, I've learned quite a bit from the process as well. It's a lot, you know, it, it's a lot safer to do that working at a company like the score than it would be for me to try to just kind of jump in on my own, try to do this full time and, and you know, absolutely hope that I can make enough money. Yeah. Which, I mean, let's face it, it's really hard to do. It, um, it can be difficult. And even like if people see like, oh, this is, you know, this channel, this stream is generating a lot of money. It's like, oh, there's a lot of time that goes into it. And maybe it's not enough mm -hmm. for things like like mm -hmm. I, I myself, just to clarify for anybody who might be listening, like I don't do this full time. I've been saying for years right. and years, like YouTube is a paid hobby for me. That's how I classify mm -hmm. it. But for me, I like that because I've <laughs> I've had like one sponsor before in the past 
And it's very much a thing of I don't have to rely on, oh, this weird wallet that's made out of metal is going to help pay my mortgage or I got to shill these earbuds or I got to pretend I like this app or something. I'm just like, no, like my like literally my last um, my only other sponsor really of significance that I had was uh, there was a gentleman, uh, Toxin One, who he wanted to sponsor and provide a mod chip for this video for me to make a tutorial on and I just kind of did whatever the hell I wanted to for the ad read and I even put shirtless photos of him in there so I could just do shit like that it's great but if if my video does super well awesome if it doesn't do that good I'm like okay that's fine I don't really depend on this so on to the next one yeah it's definitely a much healthier place to live uh, like in a mental headspace because hell yeah, yeah I, like for every youtuber that I've ever heard talk about the process and like the, the stress that goes into it I'm just like I don't I don't want that. That sounds that sounds terrible. Truly, it does. I mean, it's also a very like first world problem to have as well too. But at the end of the day, problems That's are problems. So. Yeah, uh, definitely. Yeah, man. So one thing I want to kind of talk with with you and you know to explain to other people, how do we know each other? <laughs> wow, this is this is something that's actually kind of popped into my head over quarantine because obviously we've had a couple of chances to connect over this whole this whole COVID situation absolutely and I was thinking to myself I was like this is kind of a really weird I was I I think I was trying to explain to somebody else because I I had been chatting with you and then I was having a conversation with somebody else and was trying to explain who I was just talking to and I was like this is this is kind of a really strange situation it's like (laughs) Danny was this guy who was like a friend of my brother, my younger brother, who's uh, two years younger than me. Yeah, and that's uh, Tan together. Squid or Payama, who he does. Uh, he mm-hmm. he's he's done content. He he does really great music. He's actually been a guest mm-hmm. on a previous episode of Mario's Minute. If anyone wants to look him up, but yeah, yeah, and uh, so like obviously me and my brother go way back. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I would <laughs> hope so. Brothers. We've been brothers since the day he was born, and. Uh, so Danny was a friend of his that played video games and like I had like kind of heard his name and like heard about him. Uh, but like he was just to me, he was just like a friend of my brother's. I never really like looked him up or anything. And then I remember I remember actually looking up your channel at one point. I'm trying to remember what year this was. This would have been it was before we had ever talked. But I remember my brother specifically mentioning your YouTube channel and that you you did YouTube. And I was like, oh, OK. I was like, well, I don't I don't know anybody that that does that that's kind of cool and looked up your channel and saw your videos i was like man this guy's like pretty it's pretty serious i was like i, I didn't expect that from some <laughs> you know random friend of my younger brother i was like this is pretty serious holy uh i and then so trying to explain who you were to this person that was that was basically all of the information i could gather but i couldn't remember the first time that we ever talked i can almost guarantee it was in an xbox party chat playing a game but i can't remember what game it was for the life of me or how we actually first started talking but i i know it was through tanner like you guys were playing some game and you guys invited me to play because tanner and i had started playing games more and we were in that uh or out of that you know brothers who hate each other phase into that brothers who can play games again together phase mm-hmm. by the way does but that did that yeah. happen with you all when you moved out Oh, absolutely. Okay, okay. Yeah, that, absolutely. Dude, that's how it always is for siblings that yeah. I see. Like, unless there's a large age gap between them, if there's only, like, a two, three-year age gap between each other, they fucking hate each other until one of them moves out. <laughs> yeah, it was like, we started off, like, good friends, played games, did all that stuff, and then, like, obviously the teen years hit, and, you know, teen years are teen years, 
And then, uh, yeah, as soon as I moved out and went back to school, uh, we started chatting a bit more. And then when my brother moved out, then we kind of talked a little bit more and we kind of, you know, related on a lot more things it seemed. And like, we were able to actually just like sit down and have a conversation and just chill. And it was like, Oh, Hey, this guy's actually pretty cool. We should hang out more. Um, so yeah, after, after kind of that phase, uh, us starting to play games together, obviously you guys were still playing games together. I know that I got invited to play some game with you guys. I don't think it was Halo because I know we've played that together. I was going to say, I think it might've been Halo four. At least that's the first one I remember us playing. Oh, you know what? That might be right. That might be right. Um, but I couldn't remember the specific game that we were playing, but I know that that's how it happened. We first started talking as we played games together. And I think that's a fantastic way to to meet a person for the first time. Cause you learn a lot about people playing video games with them. Absolutely. Yeah. But now we've just, yeah, we've, we've kind of just become friends. You, now you are no longer just my brother's friend. You are my friend. Uh, you, you know, traveled to Canada. We visited, we've hung out. Obviously we chat on discord and, and the like, and, we do play games every once in a while. Uh, oh, yeah, and that's on me. I don't really play games online play that much games. anymore, but that's on me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's on me, too. Like, uh, I miss playing games a lot. But on the, off, on the off chance, we do play games every once in a while. But at the end of the day, it is nice to just have a guy to chat with. So, Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, no, that's uh, that. I think that that's pretty accurate on there. I know even like the things that I can add. I knew, like, I always knew Tanner had an older brother and a younger brother, like you being the older one. Um, mm-hmm. And then when I went up to Canada to visit him, uh, I know. Did you ever see the videos that I had done where I was like visiting, like visiting Tanner, and like I went to your parents' old house and stuff? Wait, you. You did videos while you were in Canada visiting <laughs> yeah, Tanner? Yeah. And you did videos in the house? Yes. Yeah. I knew your younger oh, brother saw them because he had like commented that he was a little disappointed he didn't get to meet me. But yeah, like I actually like went to your parents' old place and I met both of your parents. And then like your mom was like, both of them were chill, of course, but your mom was super chill. Oh. And she was like, oh, wow, I'm kind of, you know what? To be honest, I'm kind of happy you exist because like Tanner was always telling me about you. And I'm like, oh, okay, okay, sure. <laughs> and now it's like, oh, you're here and you're a real person person <laughs> oh my gosh that is that is very stereotypical mom behavior oh my to, that's, that's uh, perfect fun of her for that one <laughs> that's good no i haven't seen these videos and i'm actually uh i, I can't believe nobody told me all right these, dude these after this i'm gonna have to so. link them to you because they're still up yes. but yeah oh, no so th- there was that and then i knew like yeah we'd play games together but then it just got to the point where like I think for a solid few months, almost like every night, you, Tanner, and I were talking on Discord. And then, like, it got to the point, like, because um, it was the last time I came up to Canada, but the second time I had seen him, uh, that was for your wedding that you invited me to. So I came up and then, like, I got to see, like, all the, all the family, like, every family member ever. And that was really yeah. cool to see. And then, like, I spent, I was thinking about this today, like, kind of leading up to this conversation. Um, I'd spent, and I, I didn't mind because I was like, I want everything to go fine, but I'd spent a lot of the time at the actual wedding, like, helping out your parents and moving things to and from places. <laughs> Yeah, like that was uh, very unexpected. I mean, I, like you were, you were kind of just like hanging out with me and Tanner, and obviously Tanner being part of the wedding party, and me obviously being part of the wedding party. Obviously. Like you kind of just get when you're hanging out with us, you kind of just get roped into stuff because you're close to close to the action. Uh, and like obviously, I mentioned this at the time, but like obviously, we can't thank you more more than 
there, there is no more we could thank you for for all the the work you put in because like obviously you didn't have to do any of that. You could no worries. Like, oh no, I gotta chill. So no worries. I was like, you know what? I don't really know too many people here, but I know the family. I like them, and I was like, I'm trying to make sure you all have a pretty hitchless wedding, and it goes without like without any issues. So I was like, yeah, we gotta like your dad and I have to move this giant generator onto his truck and then fill it up with gas and take it here. Yeah, fuck it, let's do it. <laughs> Yeah, it was, uh, that was a, that was a time and a half, but yeah, definitely, uh, getting to actually like hang out with you in person. Cause I had never met you before that. I knew Tanner had met you, but, uh, obviously you being not immediately adjacent to me here in Canada, it was kind of, it was nice to actually be able to like sit down with you in person and have a, a conversation and be like, Oh, this, this is literally just discord without the microphones and, and headphones in front of us. This is nice. Absolutely. Yeah. And it was, I, I think one of the best things with it too, is cause uh, Tanner was the first person um, I'd gone out of my way to meet up with offline. And the thing I always told people was like the, the first time I did that, cause now I've met more people, including you, but like more online friends offline. And um, the thing that happened with that, I remember was like the first like 30 minutes Tanner and I met each other. It was just awkward. Like we couldn't, cause all of a sudden like, there's no screen there's no mic it's just like us and real people there so it was hard to even like make eye contact but then after 30 minutes it was perfectly fine but what i liked was i think because i had you know i'd gotten that out of the way and then i'd met other people along the way offline and then literally when it came to you because i was in the airport and tanner snuck up on me and i gave him a hug and stuff and then when i got into your car literally the only thing that happened the only transition was you just said oh hey dan i said hey colton and that was it and it was like okay cool now it just feels like we're in a discord call yeah yeah and i think like i i don't know if this maybe maybe made it less awkward because i think i'm probably the more awkward of the two of us in this conversation is at least like in person socially awkward um but i think like me having seen your video content so like i knew what you looked like as a person like I wasn't I, I, I would have recognized you in a crowd kind of thing sure and then having spent so much time talking to you already and then just being in the driver's seat so it was like I can focus on driving while we have this whole conversation on the way back to my house it's like oh okay I can just start this off as if it's a discord call I already know who this guy is I've seen him I know this is Danny yeah. and it's like okay this gets this like tiny step of awkwardness out of the way at the beginning and we can just we can just chill yeah yeah, it was perfect. I think the only odd thing was like you all started laughing because I, because uh, you know I I prided myself in our Discord calls of like making odd noises and such, and like I was so thirsty. It's like when I got to your house, I was drinking this cup of water and I was gulping so loud that you all started laughing because you're like, no, we thought like y'all were like we you guys thought I was exaggerating that, and I'm like, no, nah, that's actually just how I drink when I'm really thirsty. <laughs> yeah, I've I've come to know you as a very uh, what's a good word for this. You're you're a noise producing person. I'll give you that. I try to be, you know. That's uh, I can respect. That's that. my money maker, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, but yeah, no. It's been it's been a good solid amount of years, and I think, um, you know, one of the the last time I met you, well, the only time, but I have to say, like maybe one of my favorite moments was uh, you you had to endure the stomachy ah yes meme for for ages <laughs> and it had gotten to the point so you all it was like 
I was just, I would always post this thing of the YouTuber Stomini saying, oh, yes. And I was just doing it all over social media and Discord and everywhere and shit. And um, it got to the point when, when Colton sent me an RSVP in the mail to his wedding, I replied back and I put like four stamps on this bitch because it had to go internationally. <laughs> and I ended up cutting out a photo of Stomini saying yes and dropped it in there. And it just caused this whole thing with your family because you didn't know, like, who this person was or, like, why this photo of, you know, they thought it was me, which is the best part. But they thought it was, like, a picture of me saying yes. So it's like you had to explain it to them. But, like, literally the first time I ever talked to Colton's wife, she looks at me. She's like, wait, are you Danny? Oh, my God, that meme you sent was so funny. And people at the table are like, what, meme? Meme, what are you talking about? So I bring out my phone, I pull up the video, and you just hear, ah, yes. And people are like looking at it and laughing. And Tanner just dies laughing when he hears that. And then you just look so confused. Because all of a sudden you're hearing this offline, you're just like, what? Daddy! You just yelled about it. That was, uh, oh my word. Yeah, the... The stomachy, <laughs> I, I said this before, but the stomachy <laughs> season uh, of of the Danny anime has been probably one of my favorites thus far. That arc was incredible, and like those <laughs> moments in real life, uh, those those two in particular. But there were, I think there was like one or two more times where this kind of came up over that weekend. Like, oh my word, I was like, oh, I was like rolling on the floor <laughs> when because I didn't get the RSVP, so I heard about it secondhand. And so hearing somebody else try to explain what had just been sent in the mail and like me kind of like slowly coming to the realization of what it was, I was like, I almost fell out of my chair. I was like, oh my word. Cause they didn't even tell me who had sent it first. They were trying to explain what it was. I was like, yeah, they, what did somebody send? They, and then they said it was you. And I was like, oh no. Yeah, no, they said like one of your friends sent a photo of himself. <laughs> yeah, that was exactly how they worded it at first. And I was like, that's really weird. Who would do that? And I was like, oh, okay. And as soon as they said it was you, yeah, things started to become clear. I was like, oh boy. But that was that was an excellent move. I was like, I was very impressed. <laughs> very, very uh, meme-tastic of you. And and see, I just, dude, I love the, uh, I'm one of those people, I love the meta behind something. So I just, <laughs> shit like that makes me laugh where it's like, there's this meme that transcends online into offline and then you have to explain it to people and they don't get it because yes. when you explain a yes. meme you have to explain the history and all the stuff behind it and then by the time you like explain it you can barely get through it and people are just like what is wrong with you and like that all is just <laughs> hilarious to me just from the outside looking in yes that's absolutely the response i get from most people especially like i mean some memes are difficult to explain but stomedy like how do i <laughs> how do i encapsulate that to somebody who has no idea no idea about this character or the platform he makes videos on like that's a tough one dude there's that's a tough one. there's been um sometimes it's just easier to show people of course sometimes you don't have five or ten minutes available but like there's been two friends i had where this is when um i did want to bring this up at one point but uh this is when uh leafy was really doing his major clickbaity thing and i remember one of my friends she came over and on my computer, we were doing something in the computer room, and on my computer, I had one of his videos up. And I was moving over to another tab, and she was like, wait, did that just say sexy My Little Pony? And I was like, 
you know what? There's no way I can explain this. Just sit here. Let's just watch this video. And then it was like a commentary about him, like making fun of like some My Little Pony type video that was out there. And then it just, it made so much more sense to her as opposed to me trying to explain why I have this tab open. I'm like, no, 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 I'm not looking it up. It's this YouTuber I watch (laughs) who does commentary about stupid stuff he sees online. Yeah, that one's, that one's another one where it's like really difficult to just like encapsulate what exactly this thing is. Yep. It's a lot easier to just show people, and then I'm like, okay, I'm, I don't really get it, but like, I, I see what you're talking about now. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Actually, that was a, uh, you know what, this works, I wanted to talk about this, but I know uh, you you watched, uh, you indulged in the Leaf Man for a bit, didn't you? Yeah, there was a, there was a period of time where I was uh, keeping up with with all leafy yeah yeah good good old 2016 youtube as everyone says so just to just to date this by the way because i mean just like you know covid19 i'm sure this situation could change day to day we're recording this on august 23rd right now but i believe it was the evening of the 21st leafy is here because he he ended up coming back through this whole covid19 quarantine thing and such and for anybody who doesn't follow him um he was a video commentary YouTuber where he would just do things over gameplay commentary and react to videos, and he was super clickbaity. In my opinion, pretty toxic, and like you know, his shtick kind of got old after a bit. But he's you know perpetuated a lot of drama. He's been in a lot of drama recently. His bigger drama has been he made literally like twelve videos, at least twelve videos, somehow related to Pokemon. Uh, and by somehow, it was either the entire video was about her and going after her, or he just had Pokemon like in the title or in the thumbnail, obviously for views. But on the twenty first, uh, his channel got completely terminated. Which I mean, he's gotten close before. He's had. I think the close he's ever been is at one point he had two community guideline strikes and two copyright strikes on his channel at the same time. But um, because he didn't have three of either, he was still okay. But either way, he ended up just getting straight up terminated here. And uh, did you hear about this at all? I definitely did. As somebody who's kind of in on a lot of the, the streaming news, thanks to my job, this was kind of something that got brought up, so... Oh. I heard about it basically right when it happened. Okay, yeah, yeah. actually, that does make sense. Yeah, literally for your job, you'd need to know, <laughs> at least to a degree. Yeah, no, what, mm. have, uh, what have your thoughts been on it? I mean, Leafy has been an interesting one, because I think when I started watching him back in 2016, I, I really only started watching him out of, like, a, a curiosity about the internet, internet fascination. I was never like, ooh, this content sounds really good. It was just kind of like, everyone is talking about this guy, and I have no idea why. And I was like, okay, like, what? Yeah. Like, what is this? I think I found him originally through um, either the... I think it was the Kids That Hack series that he did. Because before he mm-hmm. did, like, the reaction yeah, yeah, yeah. videos, he usually just tell live stories. Yeah. Yeah, I remember I remember that series specifically as well. And, like, for a little while there back in 2016, like, I watched... I don't think every video, but, like, a good chunk of them. And a lot of it was just, like, putting videos on in the background. But yeah, like, they, I, they all start to I blend together, it. too. <laughs> Yeah, especially yeah, especially later era Leafy, a lot of that stuff just really blends together. But um, I don't know, like his, his content was all right for a little bit. Like he was kind of funny sometimes. Uh, he, he's definitely made me laugh before. And then and then his content kind of started to fall off and I just kind of stopped watching him after like de- like definitely after 2016. Um, and then when I saw him come back with this kind of H3 drama that was going on, that was hilarious 
And I was like, okay, this is oh, like, we're, we're Ethan this is was clearly, saying that he would love if, to yeah. see if Leafy couldn't exist in this environment. Exactly. It was like, <laughs> It was like the perfect the perfect situation for Leafy to just be like, I'm just going to poke my head in, make a few funny jokes. People are going to lose their minds because I still have this, you know, this this cult following that really, really liked me. Um, it was kind of this like perfect little pop in. I was like, hey, that's pretty good. Nice work, Leafy. <laughs> uh, you know, you managed to you managed to do something timely and not overstay your welcome with this stuff. And I was like, that's cool. And then he jumped on the Pokemon bandwagon and I was kind of like. Some of the stuff I get it, like some of the some of the stuff that he's bringing up, I'm like, okay, like some of these are fair criticisms, like, and I didn't actually, I don't think I've watched any of the videos that he's made about Pokemon, so I've only heard it, uh, some most of the stuff summarized uh, from other sources, so like, I can't really speak to exactly what he says in the videos, but um, some of the stuff are fair points and like are things that that Pokemon probably could have addressed better at some point or or maybe hasn't addressed at all uh now she has done a whole video where she kind of walks through everything but um i don't know at that point it just kind of seemed like he went a little off the rails and was just either well maybe not off the rails but uh he was either just trying to see how far he could push it or he just he just kind of like wanted to make the content and he was just like, whatever, like he's not really worried about his YouTube channel anymore. Like if it gets canceled, it's whatever. Or he was like, well, how far is YouTube going to, you know, let me go. <laughs> um, either way, like, I don't know. It wasn't, none of it was like particularly like good content. I don't think. And I, I don't think it was really necessary content. It got a little bit over the line. I think oh, well, clearly YouTube thought it was over the line, but I don't know. I thought it was kind of like a, a pretty, I don't know. It wasn't it wasn't the end to the leafy YouTube channel that I was hoping for with how uh, timely and and kind of well, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? How like how tactful his like comeback seemed to be with just like the quick little H three pot shots. Mm-hmm. I was kind of hoping he would be a little more tactful with it, but uh, I guess I guess that was a little too much to hope for with the Leafster. <laughs> I know he originally came back this year because of uh, well, he jumped onto the whole iDubs bandwagon thing where people oh, found right. out. Yeah, yeah, when when his when iDubs girlfriend uh, released an OnlyFans, and that's when Leafy just decided to jump in, which I thought was perfect. Like I I thought it was hilarious, but yeah, he yes. did that. Then he was kind of coming back, and I, I will say to your point, um, I don't. He 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 had a really big apathetic shtick going on with his mm-hmm. channel, and I think a lot mm-hmm. of that was an act. Where I think it was like, I know he 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 was having more fun with it. He was getting more dedicated, doing a video a day, like near the end there. Um, and I'm sure he was having fun, but he was also you know of course making money from it. But he had done he he had had other he was making money off of YouTube while he was off YouTube as well. Um, either way, on that though. I don't think it was a thing of, I don't care about my channel anymore. I think he definitely did care, but he was just perpetuating that apathetic thing of, oh, I don't care, oh, it doesn't matter, which is just kind of a, it's 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 a dumb, annoying teenager shtick, in my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of teenagers yeah. are just super apathetic. It's like, yeah, no, nah, don't, just, just put that shield down, it's fine, you care, it's okay to care, all right? <laughs> but, um, no, I, I know with it... Um, what was it? He, 
I had seen, I think I saw all the Pokimane videos, except the last one he did, the very last one, which I, I was told there was, like, I don't really want to describe it because I didn't accurately pay attention. I was cooking food on the side while it was playing, but I was told there was a very questionable scene at the end that YouTube probably took action against. Um, either way on there, he was definitely milking that for all it was worth, and, like, most of his videos weren't even directly about her. They either kind of mentioned her or, like, he had a video where it was called something like Pokimane is gone. So I teach you how to make money. And he just goes like for 15 minutes talking about like how stocks and futures and all that stuff work and like how the stock market works and how trading works and how you can make money and just like some general stuff. Um, he had another video where he was just talking, like he was laughing about like a previous thing where he, he did where it was completely unrelated. I think I think this other video, it was just called like, she's gone, see ya, lol, something like that. And it of course had a, a mm -hmm. thumbnail of Pokimane. And it was just him for like five or six minutes talking about like some of the really cool friends he made on YouTube coming up and like how what they could have done better, like how he's proud of them or what have you. So I think with that, it was... It's completely valid to say it was incredibly misleading content. A lot of people, like when it comes to YouTube, there's a lot of clickbait on there. And a lot of people think clickbait is against terms of service when it actually really isn't, to my understanding. It's misleading content. So something like that where you are, you know, you're you're mentioning Pokimane, you have her in the thumbnail, all this stuff, and the video is not about her, not even mentioning her, not even hinting at all that is 100% misleading because people are clicking thinking that is what it is, but it's not that e even in the slightest. Um, but then, of course, because he kept using her name over and over and over and over and over and over, I believe that's what got him the um, determination against really, like, bully bullying and harassing and such. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like, when you... Yeah, when you try to make that many videos back-to-back... About somebody like yeah. <laughs> th there's almost no situation where I can imagine where it's like you're making that many videos pointed at somebody and it's not that mm -hmm. like, yeah, it, I don't know. It was just a little it was a little much. It was. Yeah, it was. It, it was a lot of much in my opinion. Yeah. But I think um, I think it's even one of those things too. Uh, maybe the only thing I would really kind of question on that, because with the way it is, um, how do I say this? YouTube has not liked Leafy, and they, they've they made it pretty abundant. Uh, I know there's been, these are all kind of like allegations on here and such, but it was just when we saw his channel, like if you track the metadata of it, when you saw Leafy's channel really have a big hit and downfall and it wasn't recovering, that didn't look normal. That looked like there was something, like a switch that was flipped behind the scenes in a way. Um, when YouTube brought up their bullying and harassing guidelines, if you look through them, there is an example of what you can say against creators if you're critiquing them and what you can't say. And one of the examples is something like you can't just like keep making fun of their looks. So an example of what is not allowed is something like saying, oh, look at this person. They're a gremlin. They look exactly like a gremlin. Look at this person. They look exactly like a gremlin. And when I saw that line, I was like, that is Leafy right there. That is like a direct reference to Leafy, <laughs> pretty much saying like his like his type of critique of people would not be allowed. Um, so there's that. And I know this is the whole kind of allegation part, but back around 2016, 2017, because that's when Leafy's channel was really growing a ton, like an exponential rate. 
apparently there were some internal emails between YouTube that were leaked out and they were kind of saying like, this dude is out of control. And he, for, I, I have said this before, this is years ago on the channel, but like when YouTube was like, when he was really like, when he was really, really getting big and going after all these small creators and such, YouTube was a bit more of a negative place for a bit. Like, everything was cringy. Everything was just, like, you, you could come under fire for anything. You could be made fun of for anything. And it wasn't a healthy environment to be in. <laughs> so there's a lot of people that look at this with nostalgia glass on and think that was such peak YouTube. And it really wasn't. It was pretty toxic YouTube, in all honesty, back then. And if you disagree with me, it is what it is for anybody who might be listening, or even you, Colton, if you disagree. But I know back then... Um, Apparently, YouTube was, if these leaked emails are correct, they were trying to just find a way of like, hey, like, we can't terminate this guy because he is so big that we're going to face major backlash. But like, how, how do we stop? Like, how, how do we get this to stop? Like, how do we get this to stop? Because we can't keep fostering this. We can't keep allowing it. Like, none of us are okay with this guy just taking over YouTube. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it puts YouTube in a really puts YouTube in a really tricky spot because the people on their platform aren't really loyal to the platform. They're loyal to the creators on the platform. And so Leafy's audience had gotten to the point where like, like they, they, they had to like, they had to do something, but their hands were tied because of how big the audience was. Because yeah, like you said, like anything that they did, they were going to get the backlash from that audience. Cause that audience is like, well, we like this creator. We don't really care about you. YouTube. We like this creator. Um, and that becomes a real problem because like you said, like the, I, I wasn't really that plugged into like the YouTube sphere at the time. Like I watched videos on YouTube, but like I, I wasn't really plugged into kind of like the greater kind of goings on behind the scenes with like creators or like communities or anything like that. And so like, I didn't really see a lot of the impact that Leafy's community had, mm-hmm. but like, even for me, I could see that they were a pretty negative group of people like it's a it's a pretty clearly like uh you know a a group of people that are going to go out and make fun of people and kind of take jokes a little bit too far and like you know they're they're that people and like not that all of them are but generally speaking that was kind of the culture that got fostered yeah i agree the group of people and so yeah it's it becomes really tricky because it's like you have to do something but what do you what do you do Mm -hmm. that's yeah that's exactly how it is and like i think Kind of leading up to that, though, the the only thing I kind of question, kind of come back to that with YouTube, is with Leafy's newer videos, like the new stuff he was uploading this year, he had videos that were age-restricted, and he would reach out to YouTube, and they would un-age-restrict them. Or he had videos that got community guideline strikes, and he would dispute them and reach out to YouTube, and they would give his videos back. And it's not just with the Leafy, it's with... It's with all of these examples that I've seen. I know another example is another creator I've had who was in the modding community, and he, he still is, I think he's taken another hiatus, but his name was Skullator, and he was known for doing PS Vita modding, PS3 modding, uh, Nintendo Switch modding. And he had he had fought like something like 20 strikes. Like, he would get a strike, community guideline strike, he would dispute it, he would, you know, the appeal would go through successful. And then, you know, he ended up getting, you know, all his strikes was terminated his channel in the end. But it comes down to, well, I guess in his case and even in Leafy's case, it's like if these videos were problematic, these were struck down and then we were disputing them 
and then you you as YouTube reviewed them and said they were okay. If if they weren't okay, why is the channel taken down? And maybe with Leafy, it's yeah, like I I don't think he had gotten. I think he was okay for a bit, like you know the the age restrictions. He was able to get them lifted and such. And with him, there was such a volume of them but i wouldn't be surprised because i don't think he's released which videos got struck for the three strikes or even more um but i don't i wouldn't be too surprised but i would be disappointed if it was like videos that he had age restricted in the past before and he disputed them successfully or videos that were struck and he disputed successfully and those were the ones that came back down and that's just like that's just a thing that annoys me with youtube where it's like if this is if this is okay, and especially even then, I know there are rules that are retroactively applied. Like, I think it was earlier this year, even last year, when there were some new updates made to harassment and such against other YouTubers. That's when the content cop against Leafy ended up getting struck down. That's when uh, there was a big video against H3H3. That got struck down as well, too. So I disagree with, like, those retroactive rules, but I'm saying even if rules are not changed... If a video gets struck down or age-restricted and it's disputed successfully and it's fine, it just annoys me overall on the platform that video doesn't go into a whitelist. So if people try to flag it again or if it gets flagged for the same thing, it's like, no, this video has already been taken down and was reviewed by a human to be fine. This should not go down again ever. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it definitely gets, uh, it definitely gets a little weird um, with them actually taking down the channel because like if leafy really wanted to he could make a pretty big stink about it i don't know if he's going to or if he's just kind of like he's just gonna let it go well i, I guess we'll see but um yeah like it, it, i feel like you, for youtube like they if they did this i feel like they probably hopefully had their ducks in a row where they're like okay we know why we're doing this if we get any backlash here's how we're gonna respond uh but knowing youtube it's like they're they're either on that camp or they're like Ah, we'll just strike it and deal with it later. And like, who, who knows? Like, if if Leafy decides to make us think about it, maybe YouTube's just like, ah, hey, we don't have to make a statement about it. We won't say anything. And yeah, you know, Leafy's audience is at a size now where they don't feel like they're gonna get, you know, a substantial hit or anything is really gonna affect them. I so mean, I'd be a little bit surprised though, because I mean, it's not like tens and tens of millions, but like, I mean, he's got about he had just under five million subscribers, and his videos were easily clocking about a million per view when he was like a million per upload, and he was uploading daily. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's certainly not. It's not a zero audience, that's for sure. Yeah, like it's, it's definitely there's people that are watching this content and would probably not be uh, not be super impressed if YouTube was just like taking stuff down willy-nilly mm -hmm. they didn't have a good concrete reason i mean they probably wouldn't like it even if they did but they would be pretty up in arms if it was youtube just being like uh we decided to just strike your channel we don't like it anymore yeah yeah i'm not sure what what it is i i don't need do you you know what do you think that his channel will come back <sighs> that's a tough one i i don't know it's <laughs> it's a little weird it was a little weird to me that leafy came back at all. Like I was kind of thinking he would just kind of move on from YouTube and just like do other stuff. Like it seemed like that was kind of the way it was going to go. I was like, Oh, leafy's going to ride off into the sunset. That's the end of that story. And so it was a little bit weird when he came back. I was kind of like, Oh, I, I just like didn't expect it at all. But I was like, okay, well like see where this goes. Like I've, I'm interested at least like he's obviously a guy who was really big in the past, but um, 
I don't think his channel comes back. I don't think there's any way YouTube goes back on that. Mm-hmm. I would be very shocked if Leafy makes like a new channel. Well, I guess he can't, right? N- yeah, no. If uh, yeah, for anyone who doesn't know, yeah. uh, the terms of service with YouTube is they ban a user, not a account. So yeah, if you if you get banned, you cannot open up or operate or own another YouTube channel. Which like that's another thing I've. How do I say? That's another thing I question because it's supposed to be a lifetime ban. But at the same time, I'm kind of sitting here thinking, I'm like, okay, if you're 17 years old and you mess up and you get your YouTube account terminated, you're telling me that that same user at age 45 is still going to get their new YouTube accounts terminated. Like, are you all really going to do that or really going to care that much? Yeah, I think it's it, it would be kind of interesting to actually see a case of that happening and like what would YouTube's response be? Sure. Uh obviously like we're not I don't think we're quite at this stage yet, but we're we're getting kind of close. Like that's certainly like a possibility in the future where like content creators that have gotten a permanent ban could kind of try and make an appeal to that process and make it less than permanent, but uh it'd be interesting to see, but yeah, I think I don't know. I would be really shocked if YouTube walked this back in the only situation really i can see this happening is if they struck his channel and and terminated it without like really solid like here's why we're doing it here's the videos here's what you said in these videos um but youtube isn't, isn't really known isn't really known for releasing that information no they don't so so like really at the end of the day even if they didn't they can kind of just like hold their cards at their chest and be like yeah we had we had good reasons yeah and they don't have to say anything i mean um, i'm even thinking as well yeah. too like i don't think his channel like the the original leafy is here i don't think that channel will mm-hmm. get back uh just because it's not only the pokemon thing even if you excuse that it's like you know some of the other videos he said were some of them have been kind of vicious he still has his old backlog of videos that had issues as well too um and then i'm even thinking like he indulged in like some gabby hannah drama for a bit like two or three videos where it was like he was just th- directly with the harassment guidelines like he was making fun of her nose a bunch in there and it was a big giant meme so even with like they could even point to that where there's like well that's one solid strike right there and then you had two or three videos about her and we can cite what exactly you said there he had he had many 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 reasons for strikes on his channel i'll say that yeah yeah as much as like um so like leafy obviously puts out the persona of not caring as much as he actually cares he he, don't think (laughs) i don't think he cares enough to fight youtube on this because i don't think this is a battle that youtube is gonna let slide super easily like if leafy were to clap back and be like oh yeah well well i want my channel back like youtube would be like okay try like but put the effort in and see and see if you can uh, make us give you your channel back. Well, I don't think Leafy would go. That well, way. that that's why I said that that's that kind of leads me to why I said that the whole apathy thing is a shtick mm-hmm. um, because I had seen he, he did an interview on drama alert about it and he did sound concerned. He was like, no, I'm I'm upset about this. I'm annoyed. I am trying to get my channel back, but I can't contact anyone at YouTube and blah, blah, blah. So it's like he did. Uh, in short, like, yeah, in his videos, he made it seem like he didn't care and screw this website and all that. But, you know, that was something huge, a big part of his life that he built up. And, like, there's nothing wrong with caring about that. Like, that, that is huge, a five, 
mm-hmm. like to grow something out of nothing and have a five million subscriber channel get terminated all of a sudden like yeah i think most people would be pretty damn upset about that but yeah it just depends on like if he can get a in like a hold of like a youtube contact or if he could have someone do an extra review or see if it could be escalated or even if he wants to get like i don't know get a lawyer involved and see if his lawyer can push on youtube a little bit for that um he definitely has the means to do it and i i feel like he's going to try but i don't have high hopes he'll get his channel back no definitely yeah i i would agree yeah oh well uh one other thing you know not a not YouTube related, but I guess maybe kind of drama related that I wanted to ask you about on here. This whole uh, Fortnite versus the world, it seems like. Have you followed this at all where they've been delisted from not only Apple, but from Google, and now there's lawsuits that are opening up and such? Well, I have followed this fairly uh, fairly closely yeah, because we actually did a Fortnite. video on this. Uh, we did a video on this over at the Score Esports, which I... Oh gosh, my memory is actually failing me. I don't know if I edited that one or not. Oh my god, I probably, I probably did. <laughs> I did. I'm sorry, I did. No, not you know see what? It. I did. I did. I did do this video. Damn it! Okay. I did. Yeah. Okay, so you're prepared, but I'm not. I didn't see that video. I knew you all made it, but I didn't watch that one. <laughs> that's okay. There's, there's not really. I mean, it, it's like a news video, so we basically just like talk about the stuff that's out there, and like, it, it seems like you clearly have like paid attention to what's going on. So I've tried to at least. Yeah, for for anybody who who hasn't followed, correct me if I'm wrong, but for anybody who hasn't followed, save Fortnite. Fortnite, obviously, Fortnite Battle Royale, huge, huge, huge game. Uh, What happened is, you know, it's it's on pretty much every device, every platform out there. And on apple this is just like the apple app store and just the apple store for example uh it's just standard there's a 30 percent cut so any sales you make off your app they take 30 percent, and that also includes in-game purchases so what fortnite did which i believe they're doing this to disrupt everything is they decided to build into their app hey if you pay through apple pay you can pay ten dollars for these amount of coins or you can pay us directly and get the same amount of coins for $8. So of course people went with that and Apple snapped like they within I think like one or two hours they took down the Fortnite app and they said mm-hmm. we're going to work closely with Epic Games to make sure that we can get this back and we can come to an agreement but the issue is they went against the terms of service, they signed it, they knew it. I mean they're a big corporation, they have a they have an army of lawyers for this. But mm-hmm. Apple was saying, look, like we, we didn't want to take it down, but they broke an, our agreement that we had. But with that team of lawyers that Epic has, they ended up opening up a lawsuit against Apple, which is not for monetary losses. They're not looking for any money. They're pretty much saying that Apple has a giant walled garden ecosystem and that there is no other way that they can get their apps onto iOS devices. So the only way that they can legitimately get their app onto the iOS devices is if it's through the App Store, and if they give a 30% cut, which also includes all of those in-game purchases that are made, and Epic Games strongly they're strongly against 30% and they want that lowered. And again, the big thing is they're not suing for damages. They're not suing for any monetary things. They're suing because they want a change. But they had this... In record time, I think within an hour or two of the app being taken down, they put this up. And on top of that, they did that whole they're doing that whole giant thing right now 
with save uh save fortnite so they have streams they have videos about it where they're parroting apples and like apple's 1984 ads where Apple was originally supposed to be the company that was completely against, you know, the walled garden of IBM. And now Epic Games is saying they're the ones who are going against the walled garden of Apple on here. And they're putting it on all of their, like they're doing discounts on Fortnite. They're putting the messages all over the game as well too and saying that we have been blocked off of every single ios device we're not available on there like they're they're really bringing all their guns out but this was this was an extremely coordinated effort on their part absolutely yeah this is uh this is one that sparked some some interesting debate among some people that i work with um and like uh I'll say this, like the, the, I do really appreciate actually the people that I work with because there's a lot of diverse opinions and it kind of, it gives me a lot of kind of points of view on, on some of this stuff, which has been nice because it, it keeps me from just being uh, some idiot sitting alone in his ivory tower thinking he knows things. But this one has been really interesting for me specifically. And I feel like I have a lot of thoughts about this one because there's, there's a lot of angles and I think looking out into like the social media sphere I think a lot of people see this very tightly from their own angle and aren't seeing the big picture. And I think it's going to be a really, it's, it's either going to be a lawsuit that shifts things really, really drastically, or this is just going to like disappear and nobody's going to care. Um, it's going to be one or the other. This isn't going to be like, you know, somewhere in the middle, like it's sure. going to be on, on one end of the spectrum. The, the one side that kind of, uh, I wasn't really paying as much attention to that other people clued me in on is that, you know, Epic Games clearly had this marketing campaign ready. Yeah. Like oh, absolutely. The, yeah. The lawsuit wasn't filed. Uh, like Epic Games filed their lawsuit like right afterwards. They released the the video content right afterwards. Like obviously all this stuff takes months to create. And so obviously it was prepared in advance. So it's, it's almost kind of like they baited Apple into this. They were like, we know you're going to do this. So we've got all this stuff ready. Um, and Apple, obviously they're a big corporation. They're a little easier for companies like that to predict. So obviously Apple is like, well, you're going to do this. We're going to take you off your store. Like, that's just, this is what we're going to do. Um, and obviously like Epic games on their end, they're sort of, I don't know the, the manipulating, uh, manipulating might be a bit strong of a word, but they're, they're really trying to leverage their fan base especially with fortnite because epic games obviously has has done a lot of other stuff but obviously fortnite is their you know the the thing that most people know them for now and they are definitely trying to leverage that uh to try and you know put as much pressure on apple as they can yeah which in and of itself isn't isn't really a good look it's like oh you're you know you're you're trying to kind of Again, manipulate isn't exactly the right word. It's a little bit too strong, but they're, they're trying to kind of push these younger aged kids um, and teens who maybe really don't know a whole lot about what this lawsuit's actually about and aren't going to look into the details, but say, hey, we want you on Fortnite's side because you like Fortnite, right? You want to play Fortnite on your Apple phone. We know you guys all have Apple phones anyway. Like, we want you to play the game too. We're, we're the good guys here. And Epic Games especially them not suing for money is trying to paint themselves as a good guy, which I mean, of course you do. You're in a lawsuit. You want to be the good guy, um, which is partially right, but it's partially not because at the end of the day, 
they want an ecosystem in which they can make more money. So like at the end of the day, they are kind of suing for money, but just not directly. So it doesn't look as, as you know, uh, they don't look as much like this, you know, big corporation trying to make more money. But at the end of the day, that's what they're suing for. Like they want the opportunity to make more of your money, which isn't necessarily wrong because I think their argument is right. Like Apple obviously has built this walled ecosystem. That's not good either. Um, The, the really the only other side to them using their fan base. uh, And this is something that's kind of been in the back of my head for a while because I've heard people kind of talking about this being like, I don't really like what Epic games is doing. And I'm like, you're kind of right. But uh, Epic games, and Apple are both big companies, but the scales to which they are big are completely different. Uh, Epic Games is valued at somewhere in the neighborhood of $17.3 billion, mm-hmm. a lot of money. Epic Games, clearly not a, a small company. Apple's net worth is $2 trillion. Jesus Christ. Like those, numbers, those numbers are not even in like the same universe of big. Uh, $2 trillion, Apple, the first company, if I'm not mistaken, to be... Uh, valued at $2 trillion, which is unfathomably large. Um, so as big as Epic is, like Apple has enough money that they could buy Epic and not even notice. Like they could just like, if, if this was a thing that they could do, like obviously there's a lot more complexity to just buying a company like this, but they, they have enough money that they could just buy Epic and make their game exclusively Apple or just like make Fortnite disappear. Obviously they wouldn't do that, Mm -hmm. but that's the kind of scale of money that they have. And so Epic is just trying to win this lawsuit or uh, kind of get their advantages in this lawsuit wherever they can, because they're, they're clearly the underdog here. Like they're clearly somebody who does not have the same kind of monetary, um, you know, business leverage that Apple has. And Um, it's, but it's it's really there's a lot going on there and it's it's super interesting. Yeah, and it's so funny even saying that they're the underdog because even though like billion versus trillion that's a big difference. Like this is Epic is not a small indie studio that's running no. out of like a, someone's garage. Yeah. Like it's Epic Games and they don't just have Fortnite, they have all their other games and they had the Unreal Engine, which even another thing with it as well too, which this I completely disagree with. Um I so again, we're recording this on the 23rd. I don't know how soon this is going to change. I hope it changes for the better. But Apple has even gone, they're trying to go scorched earth, and they're even saying any apps that are using the Unreal Development Kit, I think it's like by August 28th, you're off of the store. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They did, they did say that. So, And I think, I think, Un, like not unreal i'm thinking of the dev kit i believe epic games they are opening up like a second suit and they're trying to bring that here sooner because it's like whoa whoa, whoa, whoa. no 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 we're seeing sue you took down fortnite we're suing you because we want this change made like you you cannot punish and you should not punish all the people who make smaller apps who might be a person just in their bedroom or something just because they're using our dev kit like, don't blame them for what we're doing. <laughs> yeah. And like, as much as, yeah, like as much as I can look at Epic and be like, yeah, you guys are kind of being a bit underhanded with the way you're going about this. Like at the end of the day, like Apple is a corporation that like, I, I can't really, I can't really get behind anything that they do. Like they've never really done anything to make like endear me to them at all. Like they're kind of just this massive tech corporation. That's like, we're here for money and we're kind of unapologetic about it. And I'm like, 
okay like i don't enjoy that like what do you want me to say so uh like yeah i don't really understand this look for them because it's like all this does is make you look worse like like just get rid of fortnite like you have kind of a stance here where you're like they broke our rules we can take rid of them or get rid of them but to to kind of go like you said scorched earth and be like yeah anybody that uses the the unreal engine you can you can just get off our store it's like well like what does that do for you? Yeah. Like I feel like that gains them nothing. So it's a, it's a weird move, but it doesn't really seem out of character for Apple because they're just like they're just like whatever. Like we're Apple. Like we're it, unkillable. We can just do whatever we want to make money, and we'll make money. Now Apple so. can change because uh, oh, you sure. know yeah. everybody knows about iOS. Of course, you 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 mm-hmm. update from one OS to another, and like at this point, you wouldn't think like it's 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 your phone's operating system. It comes built into the phone, and you just when there's an update that comes up you just hit update you wait like 20 minutes and it patches like that's all there is to it right Mm -hmm. Uh, back and and granted this is when new things were going on but i will say google never did this apple for their first like two major ios updates before it was even called ios they actually charged for those updates if you can believe that 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 is Absolutely unsurprising. I did not know that, but that is yeah, that it, is like it was, trademark Apple. It was like I want to say because um, you know the first. It, I'm just gonna call it iOS, even though I know that's incorrect. iOS didn't start until like iOS four, I believe. But like the first one that was base, it came with your you know it came with your iOS devices, and then uh, iOS two, I believe they charged five or ten dollars for that, and the same thing with iOS three. It was like five or ten dollars to upgrade, and after that they stopped. Once iOS four came out, all updates for iDevices were free. But I clearly remember I was so against that because I had an iPod Touch and I updated it from two to three, and I went to like one big repository that had all of the firmwares available and went out of my way to download that firmware. And then like I remember I was in iTunes and I held the Shift key and hit uh, like update. And then you pulled the update straight from wherever you downloaded it. So that way I was able to get, you know, a five or ten dollar update for free because I did not believe in paying for it. Like it wasn't even a thing of I couldn't afford it. It was like, no, I'm so against this. And I remember like I even but there were even people who defended it because like there was one dude I was talking to. I'm not going to say his name, but like one dude I was talking to who he was trying to go legit. And he was like, yeah, I have my iPod and I paid for the new update because I actually pay for stuff. And I'm like, man, that is such a waste of money. You paid for a damn update. I just, I spent like five minutes just downloading it off this website. You can easily find. Yeah. Apple. I don't know. I, I have a lot of thoughts on Apple and I, I won't get into all of them. Because sure. I could just sit here and talk all night about it. <laughs> and like some of it's warranted and some of it probably isn't, but um, like Apple, has really gone out of their way to build this ecosystem and this this kind of base of customers that are almost kind of blind to the rest of the tech world around them. Like a lot of these, uh, and I don't want to characterize all Apple people because yeah. I know some Apple people that are very tech savvy and know their stuff and like I, you know they I, use Apple for very specific. I agree. Reasons. I will say that the yeah. stereotype of people who are just because there's people who try to say like, oh yeah, all the dumb people use Apple or all the non-tech savvy people use Apple. I'm like, no, I know extremely smart mm-hmm. individuals who choose mm-hmm. to use MacBooks and iDevices, and that's completely Absolutely. up to them. That's fine. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I wouldn't want to characterize. Uh, a, a user base of Apple, but I think Apple as a corporation goes out of their way to create this this sort of bubble where people aren't looking at anything else. They're like, just look at Apple products. Like, just get all the Apple products. They work really well together. Don't pay attention to anything else. 
and people people just sort of forget what's going on in the rest of the tech world when it comes to like phones when it comes to computers tablets watches whatever and they're just like oh apple's just doing it the best because that's what apple's telling me and it's well well you you're not really seeing the whole picture because like clearly looking at some of these devices on paper it's like well you're you're just not getting the same bang for your buck like i don't understand what you what you think here but people just like oh no no apple apple Apple." Mm -hmm. and apple charges these exorbitant prices for and they there's like there's been times where they kind of lean away from this but there's times where they really lean into it where they charge this just like insane amount of money for devices like whether it's phones computers whatever devices that are like just clearly not not you're just not getting the hardware that you're paying into and it's like oh but you're paying into the experience of apple and i'm like well like again, like Apple just hasn't shown me that they're giving me anything that PC couldn't give me. Again, um, it's not only yeah, there's the some experience as Apple well; stuff, it's even though. the status too, and that's more yeah. of like yeah. the simplistic side of it. But there are people oh, who have literally said, "Like I, I, I don't want to get an Android device. I know it might be better, but." the android device doesn't have the little apple logo on it and to anybody who thinks i'm making this up i'm not i know somebody who has straight up said that that is a true story (laughs) and even if it's not something people like actually realize they're doing like a lot of it is just like they've been kind of not like condition sounds a little bit strong like they're being psychological but they kind of just but at the end of the day they've been so like a society has basically like taught them that that's what that is well they're and also so even like, if they wouldn't say that they're comfortable with it too and they even say oh yeah. well, everything just works better for me it just works so much better yeah so like for people who want to use apple products i'm not i don't, i have nothing against people who want to use apple products you do you man like if you really want to buy into apple's like apple's product line like sweet i will not like you any less for your choice in tech i might i might tell you why you're wrong on certain things but it's not going to make me dislike you as a person. I don't think you're making some like morally apprehensible choice. But Apple as a company, I think, has made some pretty morally apprehensible choices. Uh, and I think that, like at the end of the day, like as much as um, you know, Apple likes to try and play the good guy, and especially like this kind of wraps back around to the Fortnite thing with the the nineteen uh, nineteen eighty four commercial, like the 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 look they're trying to always go for is that like, Oh, we're the scrappy little guy and we're making the products for you. And like, that's the look that they try to go for. But Epic is, is I think really trying to pull back the wool and be like, well, like this is, this isn't what they've been for a long time. Like they are a tech giant. They are the biggest tech giant now um, by net worth, like by a lot, like they, they're massive. So like, I don't think, you know, I, I don't think they deserve to be treated like this, this scrappy underdog that's really out for you because they they just aren't. And that's mm-hmm. not a bad thing necessarily. Like that's kind of the system that they are, they exist in. You kind of have to be that if you want to be a big corporation. But like we, we should treat them like a big corporation. And, you know, at the end of the day, if they want to uh, they want to create a wall garden like an, an epic wants to call them out for it. I don't really think there's much Apple can say here other than like, yeah, this is this is a walled garden. Take it or leave it. So it's going to be up to it's going to be up to the lawsuit really to determine whether that is something that stays or whether these platforms like Apple but I mean even Google to an extent um has some of this and and will be affected by how this lawsuit turns out it's really going to come down to that to see whether Apple stays exactly the same and we continue like this for another who knows how long uh 
or if Apple is forced to change and open up this walled garden a little bit and the whole tech industry, I think, will probably feel the effect. Yeah, and I know with that, I, I guess a part of it, because it, I'll put it like this, Epic, again, they're not the the, the scrappy underdog. They're not, like at least in my opinion, no. they're not the scrappy underdog. They're no. not like just a, a basement coder or something who's just scraping no. to get by. Uh, they are a big, big, giant tech company. So part of me kind of looks at it as the lesser of two evils on here. But I will say... Thank goodness for Epic Games of all companies who is one of the biggest big co- like biggest gaming companies out right now. Thank goodness for them perpetuating this because I know for, for for them even if they're not trying to get money off of this lawsuit directly, it is about money because they want to change that. They know how much money mm-hmm. that they're losing. If they can if they can even half that. If they can change their in-game like that that rate from 30% to 15%, that would be huge for them. And I don't know what rate they're looking for. Um but it would impact all these other small developers. And I've talked with one of my friends who he said, yeah, you know, like I, him as a coder, he said, I'm, I'm happy Epic is doing this because every month I see tons of smaller app and iOS developers who complain about Apple's cuts or all these other cuts. So what Epic is doing, if Epic succeeds in this lawsuit, is going to impact all of the other smaller scrappy underdog developers much more. Uh, Epic, of course, is going to win both in terms of this lawsuit and monetarily uh, if they are able to. And that's what I'm hoping to in regards to this. But it's um, they they're the right ones to fight this. They have the resources. They have the funds. They have the time. They they've got everything. And this is also clearly thought out. But even in regards to what you're saying with Google, it's funny you say that because the exact same thing happened on the Google side, which Mm -hmm. even for anybody who doesn't have the background, Epic did not want Google's 30% cut either to the point where I believe Epic even said, we're not going to put because Google does not have a walled garden. Uh, you can go in, like I can go to a random site right now, or even I myself, and I've done this, I can open up a software development kit, I can build an APK from scratch, and pop it onto my phone and install it. And the only things I have to do is I have to allow installs from unknown sources, and I have to acknowledge that I am going to be taking a risk in installing this weird app on my phone. But I can certainly do that. And I know Google would not budge on their 30% initially. So what Epic Games is doing is they were saying, hey, if you go to our website on your Google device, like on your Android device, you can download the Epic Games launcher from there and install it as a third-party app. And then through that, you download Fortnite. So you completely bypass Google Play services. Mm -hmm. Downside is your app is not on Google Play services. So once you put it onto Google Play services, especially something as big and popular as Fortnite, you're going to get a huge influx of users all over. So, of course, in the end, they gave in. But the same day all this happened, and this was, I thought this was impressive. Like, Epic, I didn't even think of this, but they knew this was going to happen. Because Google, hours later, after all this was going on, they took down Fortnite as well, too. And within one hour... Epic Games opened up a similar lawsuit against Google. So they now have two different lawsuits going on here. Which is hella impressive. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Like the when you said like the the lesser of two two evils, that like really sums up that really sums up my whole view on the whole lawsuit. Because like um, it it is one of those things where like the only reason I can really get behind this and like actually kind of 
like really want Epic to kind of, you know, make some progress here and maybe see a little bit of change is because of those small developers. And because I know that like there really isn't another dev out there in the mobile space that has the kind of backing where they could actually pull this off. Like Epic might be one of the only ones. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, you know, at the end of the day, yeah, Epic's going to see some blowback and, you know, some positive uh, income from this. Which at the end of the day, like you know, that's fair, sure. But the the real like positive here, I think, is the is the smaller developers that are going to see a, a you know a really like noticeable increase for them in their ability to make revenue off of apps because it's it's obviously not something that's easy to do at all. Um, so that that's really the the big positive, right? Like that's yeah. the thing that I think people should be focused on is not like Epic versus Apple, but this is really devs versus Apple. Yes. Like what, what, you know, how devs are treated in the Apple ecosystem and, you know, what is really fair for them and what should they be getting? Because I think it, yeah, I think that's a question that's worth answering. It's not just Fortnite and Epic, I, which I, of course they want to make it about that, but yes. Yeah. Cause it's, it, it's, it's sexy. It's cool looking marketing. It's save Fortnite. Yeah. It's trendy. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I do have one question for you though. Uh, cause I've, I'm not sure how I feel about this, but this is also a stance I've seen as well too. It's, if you are, if Epic here, if Epic Games is against Apple and they're against Google, they need to be against all of the retail giants because PlayStation, Nintendo, and Microsoft, uh, all these places, it, it's unanimous across all platforms. They all have a 30% cut. So Epic Games is dealing with the same thing on the PS4, on the Xbox One, and on the Switch. So... Yeah, it's it's kind of gets tricky. And obviously, like, I think if you were to really sit down and have a nuanced conversation with um, the CEO of of Epic Games, Tim, I, I think he would I think he would probably have some problems with basically all of all of he, those kind of he did um, have more of a justification for those. And he said it things, more comes down yeah. to the hardware on there, which I yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. Yeah. And having gone kind of more in depth into the lawsuit than than I think I would have had this not been part of my job. Um, I think they originally, they only really wanted to go after Apple. Like that was really their only intended like, hey, we really want this lawsuit. But they had that Google one in the chamber just in case. (laughs) And yeah, the Google one and, and like going into them, they're very different looking lawsuits. Like the one against Apple was like, hey, your whole ecosystem is not good and like is clearly non-competitive and like here's all these problems the one against google is more very specifically targeted to fortnite and like what google is doing with fortnite from what i've read um so it's not quite as like widespread and like hey here's all of these changes and these things that are you know against uh the, the that are breaking antitrust laws that we think or we think are breaking antitrust laws and these things that are you know like blatantly non-competitive and that are kind of uh, like very you know, negatively impacting the the sort of digital economy that you're creating here. And so I think the way that they feel about Apple specifically is a little bit stronger than all of those other platforms, um, if, at least from what I've gathered. I mean, Tim might disagree with me. Um, but this is just kind of the, the view that I get from looking at it, especially with, when you look at all their marketing. Like, they, they really didn't mention the Google lawsuit, like, at no, all. No, no. Um, but they've brought the Apple one up more than a few times. Um, so I think 
at the end of the day, like while they might have problems with a lot of those other um, sort of walled gardens, if you want to call them that. Um, I would say the, it's definitely a walled garden. Yeah. Um, like, and I think, yeah, I think, I think they have problems with them. I just, I think their main focus is like, Hey, we want to deal with Apple because we think it's the biggest problem. And I think they're, they're probably right. That's also, I mean, well, well, PC is their own thing with PC. You download the Epic games launcher. So you're dealing with Epic on Epic's term and then PC is completely mm-hmm. open. But I, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I wouldn't be surprised if people put the numbers in front of me and iOS devices had the most Fortnites installs um, after PC. Probably. Yeah. And like the, the other thing as well is like they're not necessarily I don't think that they're as like the 30 percent number I don't think is their biggest problem I think their biggest problem that is is that the 30 percent is the is the only thing it's like it's like it's this or the highway if it was sure. like oh, okay if you don't want the 30 percent like here's this other route you can go like we won't take a 30 percent cut but maybe you get this and this and there's there's this kind of like not a negotiation but there's kind of like a negotiation where you get to make the choice there's none of that. Apple's just like, no, it's 30% or, or you don't get on the app store. And the, um, the thing is though, it's like that with all the other consoles, like on the PS4, Xbox one, Nintendo switch. Like if I want to stay squeaky clean and completely stock and comply, I don't have a, the only other option is like Google has the option to sideload the app and you can do that, but I can't do that on the PS4 or the Xbox one more of the switch and i know it's funny i'm talking about this because i have you know the modding channel and such i'm talking about completely officially staying online not modding or what have you or anything you cannot get onto those services and sideload that extra app like an alternative way yeah it's it definitely gets a little tricky as well because like obviously like i've kind of stopped being a console guy a while ago like don't tell anybody so (laughs) but i stopped being a console guy like a long time ago and so I kind of stopped really paying attention to the console space. But now that you say that, like in my head, I'm just kind of picturing games as like this thing you buy on a disc and you put it in and you play it. Um, but that disc really, has to get officially really pressed and everything. And it yeah. has to get certified by Microsoft or, or uh, Sony. Mm-hmm. And like at the end of the day, right, like Fortnite is making its money off of microtransactions. Like they're not selling discs. They're not like the, the game is free. Like at the end of the day, they, they make their money on microtransactions and those microtransactions have to go through Microsoft if you're buying like buying V Bucks on a console on an Xbox or through Sony if you're buying it on the PlayStation, Nintendo if you're buying it on the Switch. Um yeah, I'm kinda surprised they didn't mention that. Maybe they're just kinda like, hey, Apple and Google are gonna be a really big fight. <laughs> we we don't want to add that's what Nintendo, I'm thinking as well, Microsoft too. and Sony to that list. Yeah, they can only they can only fight so many fights all at once. And I know even because the these companies have intervened as well too. I know um now Epic is not an indie developer by any means, but I know no. all these companies have become more open with indie development. Um I'm talking like the consoles. But uh one example is Valve was not happy with consoles for multiple reasons but one example i have with the first left 4 dead on the xbox 360 there was one dlc that was released for the first left 4 dead and it was completely free on steam and honestly it wasn't that good all right but it was completely free and they were going to do the same thing like valve was they had this dlc ready to go they developed it they were going to release it for free on 360 and microsoft said no and Valve was asking why. Microsoft said, no, it's it's up to us. We're not going to let you release this free DLC. We see what you're doing. You have to put a price on it. 
And I think the, the lowest price that Microsoft said that they could sell this DLC for was $7. So it was either they sold the DLC on Xbox for $7 or they didn't release the DLC. So to be fair, to not exclude Xbox players, they did put it up on there and they charged for it. And I was one of the people who bought it, but Valve was very much coming out and saying like, hey, we are really sorry. Like we had no, we had no option in this. It was either charge $7 or not give you all the DLC. Microsoft won't let us put it out for free. Yeah. And I think, I think like the big difference between the console market and let's say the iOS market is like the iOS market is it's, it's insane. Like the iOS market exploded and then like never really like went anywhere. It's just, it just has continued to be insanely large because there's and more, consoles more, were more, really more big devices getting in people's hands. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And consoles were really big and now we're seeing them wane quite a bit. Like there's just, there's just less and less people every year buying consoles. And it's just like, it, it just seems like it's a trend that's not going to stop. And like Nintendo is obviously kind of a weird side thing to that. where like, they're seeing decline, but they're seeing the decline in different ways. And like, you know, obviously their, their numbers don't go up and down quite the same way that Sony's and, and Microsoft's do. But at the end of the day, like less and less people are buying consoles. I think now than maybe, I don't know, let's say like 10 years ago. Sure. Like it's it's clearly not a number that's growing in the same way that Apple's numbers are growing. So for a company like Epic that's looking at, you know, where their V-Bucks money is coming from, I would imagine most of it's probably coming from iOS. That's probably where their money is coming in from because like I wouldn't be surprised. I'm sure PC I wouldn't be surprised if it's like iOS devices and then PC and then like everything else. Mhm. And maybe they're so just looking at like that big why. number from iOS devices coming in every month. And they're like, oh, my God, 30% is a lot of money that we're not getting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. So for them, it's probably, yeah, it's probably just a priority of, of numbers, not necessarily of them saying like, oh, we're OK with all of the, the way all of these other companies are treating us or like and, and any other developer. Because, yeah, I would agree. Like there's there's, you know, there's plenty of those practices going on at, at every tech giant. But for them, I think the focus is like is size at this point absolutely yeah so i don't know where the hell that's going to go but i guess yeah, we'll see we just have to wait for that to unfold <laughs> yeah it is going to be it, it uh, as much as like the marketing is like oh epic versus apple like it, it seems like it's this really like climactic like things are going to happen and it's just going to be done like yeah, this is going to be the, a very long legal process legal stuff there's a lot of checks and balances but legal stuff is slow it is really slow oh, yeah. the I, I will say though I, I guess coming out of this like because i i would like that rate to be lowered we'll see how much it is um but i think the the big bullshit thing here is taking off any apps that are built with udk like no absolutely not i yeah, i am yeah. completely against that don't punish those other people just because they're using udk yeah, I think I think if that goes through, like that's a really bad look. For yeah. Like I I don't I don't think there's any way their legal team lets that go through because like there, there's no way they don't. They're, they're a huge company with a lot of lawyers. There's no You're way you're talking they about uh, Epic Games. Follow uh, Apple. Oh, Apple. Yeah. Like yeah. there's no way the lawyers at Apple just sit there and like yeah, yeah, yeah do that. That sounds like a good idea. Like none of them are gonna be like no, that's a good idea. Um, so then who who would have authorized that then? Uh, oh, I'm trying to remember who actually said the quote now. Uh, it's not coming to my head. Because like, was somebody Apple who, it's not a lawyer like, at did Apple. Come, like they, they are the ones they warn developers like on the developer portal. They're just like, if your game is, if your app is built with UDK, mm -hmm. you will be kicked off on August 28th. I believe that was the date. Yeah. 
yeah i think i think you're right on the date but yeah it was not a it was not an apple lawyer who said it it was some a spokesperson for apple whose name is escaping me um yeah i would be surprised if they actually went through with that and didn't walk that back because like again like there's just no there's no gain for them and it just only makes them look worse and then the people who are looking at this case down the road if they do that are going to be like well this is you know they're they're clearly going to like lean in a, in epic's favor because it's like well clearly you are trying to like stamp out the little guy and clearly just like you know extort basically extort them for money um mm-hmm. so i, I don't know I, there i think there's no way they let that go through if it does go through which like obviously is bad for the the developers in the immediate future if that goes through like i would be shocked if this lawsuit does not immediately start to swing in in epic's favor mm-hmm. jeez but yeah it, it is going to be a long process so i would not expect to see anything even remotely resembling sort of like resolution for like the foreseeable future especially with COVID 19 going on agreed like, there's not there's not going to be any sort of speed to this at all yeah yeah agreed <laughs> oh boy in a and I guess more positive news. So I've uh, I've mentioned this a bit before on here, but I've got uh, two younger brothers. And just to avoid saying, you know, older, younger, and younger, younger, I'll just refer to them as older brother and younger brother. Uh, but in short, I got to see them again here recently. And they got their first own, like, PCs for the first time. Like, they very much had, like, shared PCs before, but they had, like, phones and iPads. And uh, they got their own laptops for the first time. So that was a, that was a real fun time setting that up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, the, the first PC is a big one. I remember that very vividly in my own past. And, like, that's a big, like, oh, I'm, like, my own person. I have my own computer. <laughs> this is me. I have ownership over this. It's big. Dude, did uh, your first PC was it a laptop or a desktop? Oh, it was it was a desktop. It was not it was not a good computer. It Man. was uh, <laughs> an old Acer like pre-built desktop from like uh, what probably would have been like Staples or Best Buy. I don't even know where it came from. To be honest <laughs> with you, but it was uh, oh boy, it was a hunk of junk. But it was so oh man, it was great. That's awesome. I know. At least it was yours, though. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. It was like, I don't have to share. And like, we had we had some real, real clunkers for computers before that. But it was like, <laughs> oh, I can sit down and play computer games. And I don't have to worry about anybody else coming and kicking me off. And I don't have to worry about, uh, you know, I don't have to worry about this computer being super junky. Like, it wasn't terrible. Like, I could play some games. So, sure. yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was definitely a eye-opening experience dude it was um like for for my brothers i i mean i agree with you. i we always had laptops my parents are the type of people they believe laptops are better because they're portable and you could take them everywhere and then they would immediately take those damn laptops and dock them and hook them up to a keyboard and a mouse and a screen so i'm just like what like and then they wouldn't dude they wouldn't turn them off either so it just drove me nuts on so many levels and i'm like guys you can't laptops are not designed to be like desktops if you were just going to get a desktop like if you were going to buy a laptop and turn it into a desktop why didn't you just buy a desktop yeah that's a that's definitely a pet peeve of mine as well yeah i I can oh man i feel you so much on that yeah i hated that and it was like my my i've laid into my parents so many times over uh over how they abused computers and abused their just 
man okay i I get emotional about that but either way uh i think i was like 15 when i got like my own own laptop like truly my own laptop and it was just Mm -hmm. it was an awesome experience even though it was it was a hunk of junk admittedly it was like the cheapest thing we can get it was like 400 bucks which you know a 400 dollar laptop is some garbage (laughs) that's fair yeah because i i'm i'm the type of person my belief is generally and and this time uh, i'll actually talk about this but generally i'm like yeah if you're looking to get like 500 dollars desktop performance out of a laptop you need to spend about double that you're looking to spend about a thousand or more on a laptop um but i i didn't even know as much about specs and such back then so like i didn't have i went through two laptops that had integrated graphics and such and like the first one was just bad the second one would have been good but i i had so many design flaws i got the biggest lemon of the bunch Mm -hmm. it felt like Mm -hmm. uh my third laptop which i bought like on my own it wasn't a present it wasn't paid for by parents uh that was the one i got in 2014 it had a separate gpu and such and it it still works well enough to this day Mm -hmm. but Man, I was, I was like telling my, cause my parents were saying, Hey, what laptop should we get and such? And I said, you know, I explained this all to them and I was like, you know, we might be spending like maybe a thousand dollars per laptop if we want to get them something good and something that they can do their schoolwork on and they can play some games and it's going to last and it'll be fast and have an SSD and all that stuff. Now I found, uh, I found these laptops and I think they were at this price point because they're the 2019 models and they work just fine and they're sold out now at this point but i saw this and i couldn't believe it and like i looked up reviews and i looked up performance and it seemed to be good and then we got the laptops we got two of them and they're super happy with them but i end up getting uh each of them an acer nitro 5 it's like a full-size gaming laptop and the specs are here they have Core i5 9300H processors clocked at 2.4 gigahertz. They are four physical cores, not that two bullshit and then hyperthreaded to four. Like the four physical cores that hyperthread up to eight. They have GeForce GTX 1650s in them with four gigabytes of VRAM on there. They come with eight gigabytes of DDR4 26 well 2666 speed RAM, and they have 512 gigabyte SSDs in them. And all of that there was $630 US dollars. And I was just, I was looking at, I was like, my, like, my, my lemon laptop, which didn't have a GPU or anything on there was $600. And I thought that was a good deal like 10 years ago or so. So, I mean, I had to restrain myself from even buying a third one for myself because I wouldn't really use it. And I know that, but I was a little bit jealous because I'm like, damn, we are getting you all really good laptops. And this price is incredible, which for them, the price is irrelevant. That was more for my parents. My parents were super happy that they were affordable, like this affordable for what you're getting. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I remember you I remember you reading off the specs to me and like I've I've kind of been diving back into the world of, of computer hardware because I'm in desperate need of a, a computer hardware upgrade, but uh, my bank account is also in desperate need of me to not spend the money on a I computer upgrade. <laughs> so I but I do remember you reading off these specs and being like, Oh, these are and like every time I was like, Oh, these are re- these are pretty good these are pretty good laptops and then like the price is just like the that price is it's perfect honestly like that's like yeah that that is the kind of price point where it's like okay this is worth buying because like at the end of the day like yes sure it is not like the bleeding edge of laptop hardware but like price to performance like that is that is probably about as good as it gets yeah 
yeah, I was shocked. And, like, they seemed to run well. They seemed to run mm-hmm. cool. I did rip out, like, a lot of extra junk that was put in there from the manufacturer. But then the thing is, because these are gaming laptops, which it's funny because, like, <laughs> my parents kept talking with them. They're like, guys, these aren't for gaming. These are for school. And my brothers are like, no, nah, they're for both. And I'm just like, I already shared my Steam account with the both of them. It's too late. <laughs> <But> <laughs> I was being the good brother, all right? But you know what? I was I was yeah. super proud. Like, all their stuff is legit, way better, you know? at, at Like, they're in a much better spot than I was when I was their age. I, everything mm-hmm. I had was cracked because I couldn't afford it. <laughs> but, yeah. but no, man, they got, of course, the OS is legit. I was able to get deals on uh, Microsoft Office 2019 and, like, the full suite. I'm not talking that Office 365 12-month bullshit. I'm talking you pay for it once, you activate the key, you got it for life. Um, they... Their Steam libraries, uh, I just shared my own, and then I had to buy, like, a game or two for them. I shared, like, I gifted them a few games as well, too, that I bought, and I had extra just saving in my inventory. Um, and then the last game we got them was uh, Minecraft, which I was able to get a deal on that as well, too. So I got each of them a copy of Minecraft, and they've been they've been playing the hell out of some Minecraft together on these laptops. Yeah, that's a... Honestly, for, like, the games that they're going to be playing, like, that's... That's perfect. Like, yeah. Yeah. You yeah. definitely don't need to like overblow a lot of the hardware for Minecraft Indeed. or Fortnite or, or anything like it, that. It, and I think the most intense game I've seen either of them playing was was Fortnite on there. Yeah. But dude, it, some of this stuff has kind of hurt a little bit. Like uh, one of my brothers downloaded Gary's mod. And hold on. Let me just. Uh, oh, I'm, I just got to look this up real quick. All right. So <laughs> this is even going to hurt to say he fired it up. And then he was telling me, he's like, hey, um, so I downloaded Gary's mod and there's something wrong with it. I was like, what do you mean? He said, well, the graphics are like really bad. I was like, well, did it look like corrupted or what? He's like, no, no, no. It just looks like a game from like 2007. I was like, dude, because it is. <laughs> and he was just like, oh, okay. I was like, yeah, dude. Oh, like, no. Yeah, it hurt, man. <laughs> that is a that is a 100% boomer moment. That's that never feels good. Yep, yep. And I I actually I had to look it up here. That's why I was typing. It initially came out in 2004 and then it was published as a standalone release by Valve in 2006. So I was I was kind of we, we were about right there, but yeah, it's been funny like telling them where some some games they might have to do some extra troubleshooting and like some games are just like like Gary's Mod's like, "Oh, this looks awful. It looks like a 15-year-old game." And I'm like, "Dude, it is a 15-year-old game. What do you want?" <laughs> Yeah, you can't you can't win everything, you know. Sometimes you just if you want to play old games, they're not going to look perfect. You can't you can't expect that. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, I've um was I got that set up for them. I had to, you know, the downside though with this um mm-hmm. my the younger brother, he's good. As in um he's not at my level of like technical stuff, but he's interested in tech and he's the type of kid if uh if he asks you a question like perfect example he's like hey how do you get fortnite on the computer and you tell him you download it through epic games launcher he figures out the rest of it um part of it is just him troubleshooting part of it is like he actually googles and he knows what to google and he figures it out and then he tries to go even further so he will treat tweet graphic settings and then he's like you know what i want to make a discord account all right i made the discord account i want to make a discord server all right well there's some games i want off like origin so i'm going to make an origin account and log in there 
So he'll do all that. While it's like my older brother, he's not as into technology and it doesn't interest him as much. So he kind of wants to like sit it and forget it and just easily access it if need be. Um, but dude, it took one day, right? It took one day. I don't know what I was helping them with, but I was helping them with something. And I looked inside of the downloads directory of the older brother's laptop and saw like five weird EXEs sitting in there smiling back at me. Oh, yeah. That's a... Uh... Yeah, you hate to see that, honestly, on a computer. Especially yeah. a new computer. Dude, yeah. And then horrible. I fired up that Revo uninstaller, and I saw, like, eight new applications that I couldn't recognize. And then I was asking him, and he was getting kind of flustered. He's like, I don't know. I don't know. And then, like, we had talked about, like, no one was in trouble, but we were talking with, like, my parents. And, you know, my mom is trying to tell them, like, dude stop freaking out about it you messed up okay that's fine now you need to sit with your brother he's going to tell you what you messed up how you messed up and he's going to teach you how to fix it you don't get flustered you don't get angry you use this as a learning opportunity all right like i i am much older than you and when danny tells me that i messed up with something sometimes i take notes so i make sure to not do that again but you need to use this as a learning opportunity but yeah i had to go through that revo uninstaller i had to we did and i i brought up my younger brother's laptop as well his was fine which i was very happy with but i was like i'm gonna have both of you go through this and i had them go through like the antivirus scan i had them go through malware bytes i showed them how to use this we had to clean up uh 10 pups off of the older brother's laptop which wasn't that bad but i'm just like dude whatever website you went to for these you don't go to that website again you don't download weird exes yeah. <laughs> and then i think the funny thing with all of it was my parents were saying they're like hey dude don't don't show them how to like don't don't show them any of the cracked stuff that you used to use and i was like don't worry we're fine all their stuff is legit the older brother messed up on his own all right he didn't need my help <laughs> Yeah, having had like plenty of those those like pretty similar experiences as well, I can definitely relate. And like at least he's learning this lesson now instead of like the ripe old age of like 40 or 50 when I've had most of these experiences with people where you sit down <laughs> with them and like, "Look, there's some things you can't do with this. There's places you can't go. There's things you can't download. They're going to hurt your computer." And like the I'll say this, man, like knowing what to google and how to like google effectively that is a skill man like that is a yeah. that is a skill because like some people some people get it and some people just they just don't mm -hmm. and like it's it's funny that it happens it's it's kind of split like that right down the middle between your brothers because it's kind of it's kind of funny that it's worked out that way mm -hmm. but yeah it's uh yeah there's definitely there's definitely a lot of that out there in the world. And I've had so many experiences sitting down with people and it always, it almost always seems to be with new laptops, but just sitting down with them being like, look, I know I'm the one tech guy that, you know, like I'm going to do my best to walk you through this, but like, you just, you just got to be a little more careful. You're yeah. not, you're not tech savvy enough to, to stare at a web page <laughs> and know whether it's legit or not. So you just got to <laughs> take your time. Like <laughs> take things easy here. Dude. One tip I can, uh, have you heard of Ninite? Hmm. The name doesn't sound familiar. Okay, um, I'll, I'll actually even link it to you. And this is for, it's not a secret, this is for uh, anyone. But literally, Ninite.com, I not only recommend this for power users, but even just for, for your grandmother who doesn't know what they're doing. You go to this site, it is the most beautiful site, man. Uh, it's a lot of commonly used applications, so Firefox, Chrome, 
7 zip, WinRAR, uh, like Java and such, or OpenJDK at this point now. Um, it's all these applications. And whichever ones you want to download without having to do next, 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 without having to find the exe and all that stuff, you tick which which applications you want. And then you click download. And it downloads this beautiful custom package for you that's less than a megabyte. And all you do is you double click this Ninite package when you have it on your computer. And it will systematically go through and see which applications you already have installed and which ones are missing from that list you generated. And then the ones that are missing from your computer, it will download them and install them without any further user intervention. And if you have those applications already on your computer, it will check to see if they're up to date. And if they're not up to date, it will use that opportunity to update them. Wow. So, so what I, it is one of the best websites I found. I found out about it from an IT dude when I was working a job, when I was transitioning over in college and, um, because he was working, uh, he was working for a few buildings and then he was teaching me what to do and such. But either way, what I do is I build out, I have, you know, my own Ninite package and I build out a package for people and then I download it and I put it on their desktop and I rename it to just Ninite. And I tell them, I say, whenever you want to update your apps, you double click this and you wait and you let it do its thing. You don't go, like if you need to update Adobe, that's fine. I'll add Adobe Reader to your package so you don't have to go through the thing. And I do that because my dad messed up one of his last computers by just downloading Adobe. And I don't know where the hell he downloaded it from. I don't know what he did, but he infected that computer good. I'll tell you that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this is like super handy scrolling through this. Like this would be... Yeah, like really handy to have for, uh, for especially for people for updating, like you said, like because people don't want to go through like you know if, even if they have like four or five programs that they use, having to remember to like oh okay I need to go back to that website and like which one that is and like find the update and like know which version I'm using and find the update sometimes because like you know sometimes it's buried even in the program so it's hard to find even just in the program where I go to update. Mm-hmm. It's like it's not. Not always easy, like even just for that feature, it's super handy. But like, yeah, for setting up somebody's machine for the first time. Oh, my gosh, dude. Yeah. And I I do that with all the new machine setups I have. And I'm just like, this is your update or you live and die by this. And like, especially if you got fast Internet and uh, an SSD on there, dude, you open up nine. You go to the bathroom, you pee, you wash your hands real well, sing happy birthday twice because of all the covid stuff here. You come back. You're probably almost done at that point. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely not uh, not really that involved. Like, it just kind of lets you like click a button and do your thing. Oh, it's beautiful. So that's that's one thing. I if you've gotten this far in the podcast, congratulations. I recommend Nineite for everything, man. It's great. Man, I I love conversations with Danny because like without <laughs> fail, you always introduce me to this cool tech shit that I'm like, oh, I didn't I didn't know about this. Like, this is a really cool handy feature that seems I would have never run into without having conversations with you. Like <laughs> Winderstat was like something that I, I only figured out from you. I told you about Winderstat. I, I don't even remember. Yeah. And like, I use that thing on the regular at home at work. Like it is the only thing that like keeps me from having a like terribly cluttered computer. And that is another one of those things where like, I wouldn't have found out about that probably. Well, maybe, I, maybe I would have found out about that one eventually, but like the only reason it popped into my, my, uh, my computer when it did was because you mentioned it to me and this is another one of those things now every time i set up a computer for somebody because they're like hey you're the tech guy i know that's what i'm gonna do because that's sick 
I Dude, like that. Hell yeah, man. You you get their antivirus set up, which you can do on there. You get their malware bite set up, which I'd recommend yeah. you get on there as well. Pretty much, you everything. get their stuff set up. You build a custom package for them in Nine Night, and then you just tell them, hey, maybe like once every two weeks, just double click this weird looking application and let it do its thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's so easy. Because, like, especially like, you know, the, anti, uh, the antivirus and malware bites, which is great. Love malware bites. Like, trying to remind people who are not tech savvy to like update those apps like it's just not going to happen like they're just not yeah. going to update them um but yeah clicking on night night like that's it's, it's starting to sound like this is night night sponsored but it's not like no it's oh my god man i w- that dude, sounds so easy dude if i i know no one from night night's listening but yo i would take a sponsorship <laughs> from them that would be such an easy sell that'd be such because yeah. i've been preaching this thing for like six years yeah, that's dope. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. Well, this has been very that's like, man, even just for that, like now I'm now I'm glad I chatted with you because now I know about this cool thing that I'm gonna use Perfect. every single time I, I set up a new computer. Perfect. Perfect. Well, this is actually kind of the last thing I wanted to bring up, but speaking of cool things that you might use, uh I I discuss this either with myself or I discuss this with my guests, but what games have you been playing? So it's been a little bit of a weird time for me. Okay. I kind of I kind of went into this weird uh, phase where I didn't really play a lot of games. Like when I started working for the score, I got pretty busy. Life's been pretty busy and crazy and all over the place. So I didn't play a lot of games. Um, so I've played um, since nobody that's listening to this knows who I am. Uh, I played a lot of Halo, a lot of Halo growing up. Uh, however much Halo you're thinking, maybe double it, maybe triple <laughs> it. That's probably how much Halo I've played, uh, and almost entirely multiplayer. So I've played a little bit of Halo because you know that never dies. Uh, a little bit of Halo Five. I played in a recent community tournament with some three four three devs and the community streamers and, and team and stuff like that. So that was super fun. Uh, but now my Xbox is completely disconnected, so no more of that. Uh, switching back to PC. Uh, I played through Persona Five. And, and continuing to play through Persona 5 recently, but that's been kind of on hold because, you know, I'm lazy and I don't play games all that often, but Persona 5's <laughs> been amazing. Uh, and the other big one that I've spent a fair bit of time on has been WoW Classic recently, which I got into for the first time, uh, which has kind of been a weird throwback and nostalgia trip, even though I didn't play WoW Classic like at the time. like uh, Those have really been like the three games I've been playing the most. And then like, like very recently, like, like the last day or two, I started playing Among Us, which is kind of an older game, but that has popped up again recently, and I've played that a bit. But that's just kind of like a fun, you know, when I've got like five or ten minutes to kill, it's kind of a fun fun little thing to throw on. Right on. I, I know Among Us just kind of, even though it's an older game, just kind of popped out of nowhere all mm-hmm. of a sudden. But I think we talked about it where it was, uh, it was pretty much being given out on itch.io, so... Mm-hmm. I think the Android version was free and then the PC version with like a bunch of bonus stuff was like five bucks. Yeah. And like for five bucks, like, I mean, I, I'm easily going to get five dollars worth of enjoyment out of that game. Oh, um, yeah. And for anybody who doesn't know what it is, it's just like it is basically just like the 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 game you play with a bunch of people in a circle mafia, um, you know, where there's there's mafia members and the, the innocent people have to try and figure out who they are. And the mafia members are trying to kill everybody off. It's basically that in a space station. And you, and you play with people over the internet on the computer. Like, like, that's essentially the game. <laughs> that sounds so awesome. So it's really simple. Really simple. S- simple and fun. For like five bucks, I was like, yeah, sure. Why not play some fun games with my friends? But most of my most of my gameplay experience these days has been like WoW Classic and, and Persona 5. Mm-hmm. 
that's that's awesome then i've we talked about this uh i've never played uh wow but mm-hmm. it's because i'm afraid to man i've seen what it does to people <laughs> i've seen it ruin people i've seen it ruin lives and i've had people for years and years try to convince me to play it and i'm just like no 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 everything you're saying is probably right it is probably the best game ever i'm probably missing out on a lot of stuff but i've seen what it does to you i'm not gonna play i am going to deprive myself of this experience <laughs> Yeah, I played I played very little of this game back in the early days. So like kind of right around the time that the Lich King expansion came out, I played the game very briefly, got to level 13 on like maybe two or three characters. Um, and this was prior to the game being free to play up to a certain point, um, which I, I actually don't even know if it is or not anymore. Um, yeah. Yeah, it is. Okay. So I uh, just had that confirmed. So yeah, the game... Uh, wasn't really like this big thing that I played a lot in the past. Like I just kind of had this periphery knowledge of it. And then now getting into WoW Classic, I was like, okay, I'm paying for this game monthly. <laughs> so that's like, that's an investment. I was like, I need to get that investment back in enjoyment. Like I need to actually play the game. I can't just let it sit there. And I can definitely see why people are addicted to it because I feel the itch. I'm like, sometimes I'm like, oh, I just want to go on and like do one more quest or do a little bit more so I can get this next level and like grind this out or whatever. And I'm like, oh, I feel that. But I've kind of been able to keep that under wraps where I'm like, I don't want to, you know, just like play this game all the time because I'm like, okay, I'm also like super busy and like need to, you know, do work and stuff. So I've managed to like not get to the point where it's like taking over other things. The the weird thing is that Persona 5 for me was more addicting and more like I need to go back and like get through this thing or like play through this thing than WoW Classic has been. Not by a ton, but it, it was definitely more, where I was definitely excluding more other things to, to play that game than I, I am for WoW Classic. <laughs> I got you. I The closest I've ever gotten to like a WoW addiction is Diablo 3, where uh, when the game first came out, dude, I'll tell you, um, what the hell was happening? So I was playing it on PC, awful experience at the time, because I never had a good connection. It was just hard, you know, that first month yeah. or two. And base Diablo 3 sucked, all right? Anyways, uh, I remember, man, the the point I, I really felt like that, that closeness to a WoW addiction was I was at work. There was nothing that was going on. So, I, you know, during the summer, on campus, easy campus job, nothing going on. I closed the door to my office, and I worked from, like, 1 to 4. And I fired up my laptop, and I started playing Diablo. And it felt like maybe 40 minutes had passed um, by the time I actually looked at the clock, it was about 4.25. And I'm just like, what the fuck oh happened gosh. to the time? <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, I stayed late at work because of that game, and that happened once or twice. So when I went back to play it, because uh, I've played Diablo 3 multiple times now, but when I went back to play it uh, on on Switch, I had it under control, but on PS4, like it was just, dude five hours would melt away so easily and then i started doing the paragon levels and i'm like nope this is where i take the disc out because i can't continue this is going to be a never-ending thing (laughs) yeah yeah it's definitely like i've never touched a diablo game uh but i've had like a lot of friends that have played so they're so good man everything i hear about i'm like this sounds like a pretty enjoyable game but i'm just like "I i don't have time in my life for this like this sounds like such a huge investment and like it's definitely it definitely does sound like a super enjoyable game but for me it's like it's almost the same thing you have with wow where you're like i know if i get into this game like i'm either gonna just like not get my money out of it and just like not 
not played enough to really enjoy it or I'm going to grind this thing like crazy and like love it, but also like <laughs> neglect a lot of other things. Yeah. 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 I, I think one of the horror stories I'd heard from wow was there was one person, I mean, there's so many like this, but the one that comes to mind is like, there was one gentleman who he said, you know, he was playing wow, kind of unemployed and all that stuff. And uh, he was playing with, with a guild. And he said that there was just one day, uh, one of his friends had popped offline and then came back online. And he looked, and he's like, that's really weird. Why did he do that? Was there like a network glitch or something? So it turns out he looked, and he found out that his friend had logged in that morning to play some WoW, then logged out, went to work, worked for eight hours, came back home and logged back on. And for this guy, it felt like a few seconds. And he said at that point, when that hit him, he immediately logged off the game, canceled his subscription, and uninstalled it. Because he was like, that is it. It's way too much at this point. Yeah, yeah, and I'm definitely, like, like I don't want to make it sound like I'm, like, on my way to that point or anything, because I'm definitely <laughs> not. But, I like, when I hear that, I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, it's not like, a, it's not like oh, man, that's crazy. It's like, yeah, I can see exactly how you would do that. And, like, the game is just, like, oh, man. like And as much as, like, people will, you know, talk about current, like, retail WoW, and, like, I don't have anything to comment on it because I don't play. I, I haven't touched retail WoW, obviously, since Lich King, but... Um, you know, as much as there are problems with it, like at the end of the day, the game is like, like Blizzard has done such a good job of creating this world in this game that like, like really sucks you in. And like, obviously that's why they're so successful. Like they, they clearly did that. Yeah. And like it, it, yeah, it does get a little dangerous sometimes. Dude, I know, um, the last thing I'll say on this is just like, cause I've never played WoW and I never will play WoW, but I think one thing that is, um, one thing that's really funny to me is how this was such a missed opportunity for so long, the whole WoW Classic thing, because people were begging for vanilla WoW for years to the point where people were bringing up vanilla WoW custom servers, and they kept getting shut down, and they kept getting DMCA'd, and they kept getting seasoned assists and all this other stuff from Blizzard. And then, like, every year at BlizzCon, they were being asked, and Blizzard devs even, like, they went on record, they're just like, no, 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 you all think... You want WoW Vanilla, but trust us, like, trust us here. It's not as good as you once thought it was. You don't want WoW Vanilla. And it's like, no, no, no. We all want WoW Vanilla with the flaws and all. Like, we know because we were playing on custom servers with Vanilla WoW, and it was great. And then it was, was it within the past year, maybe two years that they brought out WoW Classic? Yeah, gosh, I don't even remember when it came out. I do remember it happening. I just don't remember what you. I just remember it was a thing where it was like, so wait a minute, the thing that you kept shutting down, which I get there and they're right, and the thing that you told us that you know we don't want that you're not going to make and never make, this is this is what, so you finally gave in, and people just accepted it because they're like, oh yeah, this is actually the thing that we've been begging for this whole time. So hell yeah, we're gonna play it. Oh, that's funny. Okay, so uh, yeah, WoW Classics official release or re-release i guess uh will have been a year ago this wednesday oh wow so just so august just, 26th of 2019 yeah. just about a year actually the same day this podcast yeah. will go up so surprise surprise, surprise happy surprise. one year anniversary to world of warcraft hell classic. yeah <laughs> yeah and like obviously never playing the game like in the original classic era like i didn't you know i didn't know anything about the game and like going into it now so then now this is my first time kind of actually getting to play the game and Obviously, yes, it's, it is not perfect. There are flaws with the game. There are problems. 
Uh, I mean, there's a reason that they came out with patches and like you know changed the game as they went. And that's that's um, what they tried to tell people. They're just like, no, no, we yeah. did all this quality of life stuff. You don't want all that ripped away. You don't realize what you want. <laughs> but I think so. Yeah, like some of it, some of it has been good. Like some of it has actually been pretty pretty enjoyable. And like, like uh, or I, I guess specifically, like some of the stuff that they're like, hey, you know, this is this is a bug. This is a thing we fixed. This is like a, a problem we've kind of worked around. Like at the end of the day, like it's character and it's like for me anyway, like I can appreciate it for what it is. Obviously for younger kids who never, who have never really played an older game, that stuff would be kind of weird in another place and they wouldn't enjoy it. Sure. But for me, I can, I can play that and be like, Oh, okay. Like, yeah, it's not perfect. But for me, it's, it's character. It's part of the game. It's, it's why the game is enjoyable. So it's kind of cool to just kind of experience it for what it was. Um, considering, especially considering I never got to play it. So, or not never got to, but just never did. Sure, sure. So it, it's definitely been fun, for sure. And like, I, I think, yeah, it's kind of funny that Blizzard just slept on that for so long because it's like, well, well no, like clearly your community enjoyed the game. Like, the, <laughs> that's the reason you're so big is because the game was good. Like, it had so many good things. So I like, mean, I'm just thinking of like when yeah. uh, the, the infamous story, I don't know if you know about this, but with the original Xbox, because the original Xbox just got completely ripped open by the modding community and such. And there's a story that there was an internal meeting at Microsoft where someone brought in a fully modded original Xbox, like with a big hard drive and bootleg games on there and RSS feeds and all this other stuff. And they took it to Bill Gates and they're like, Bill, these people are ripping apart the system and they're doing all this other stuff that they're not supposed to. What? what do we do what should we do against these people they're criminals and bill gates looked at it and as opposed to doing the whole blizzard thing of no 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 you don't know what you want he looked at that and he's like no i i get it i like i get why you're saying what they're doing is wrong but no we should be engaging this community like there's a reason why they did all these mods there's a reason why they did all these things as opposed to trying to fight the community like the modding community let's reframe this how can we engage them for the next system is there something we can add into the xbox now or is there something that we need to build into the new xbox like how do we engage this community Mm -hmm. no absolutely yeah Yeah, the uh yeah it it seems like it's something that blizzard just kind of has a a hard time at doing these days which is kind of well it's it's blizzard it's not the same blizzard anymore you gotta remember that it's blizzard activision and activision is the the soul-sucking leech there yeah, and, like, it, it does seem, yeah, like, that the whole sort of atmosphere there has, has changed, and, like, obviously that's going to happen as you grow as a company. Like, the, the company will never stay the same when you grow, especially that much, but, um, yeah, they're they're clearly not as good at connecting with their audience as they once were, and so, like, obviously that's why the, that took so long. Um, at least it's out there now, which is, is great for the people who really want to play Classic um, and don't want to have to do it on custom servers, but... Yeah, it is, it is funny that they really sat on that for that long and didn't... And, and because, like, you still have to pay for a membership for it, so it's not like they're not making money off of it. Oh, yeah. Like like me, like, I will never play... Well, hope, let's hope so. Uh, hopefully this is com- doesn't come back to haunt me, but I'll never play Retail WoW. Like, I'm never going <laughs> to... Please don't play Retail WoW. Play that. But I, the only reason Blizzard's getting any money from me is because Classic exists and because my brother is playing Classic, but because Classic exists. So, like, there's probably an audience out there uh, I don't know how big it is, but there is probably an audience out there that wouldn't be giving their money to Blizzard if they didn't have Classic. That's so correct. Yeah, money on the table. 
and the, and there's all I mean pretty much at this point all of those um, bootleg vanilla WoW servers are going to I'm not saying they're going to cease to exist but there is a lot less reason for them to exist when there is an official offering yeah oh exactly yeah yeah, yeah. no on a on my end here let's see so I I try and beat at least one game a month, and uh, the games that I finished at least I uh, went back and I finished Loco Roco on the PS4, which uh, this is like it was dubbed originally when it came out on the PSP as the happiest game ever, and it's super happy, super enjoyable. But man, I'll tell you, I don't recommend it on PS4. There's just something so much better with playing it on a small screen in your hand on a handheld like on the PSP itself. It did not feel right playing it with a DualShock 4 on a large TV. So I actually would not recommend picking it up on PS4. I recommend get the PSP version, even though they're the exact same. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, no, there was that. Uh, I ended up uh, finishing... I, I decided to, while I was kind of feeling a little nostalgic, I went back and I finished uh, Modern Warfare Remastered because I kind of wanted to play Modern Warfare Remastered 2, like the campaign on there. And I said, no, I want to go back and play the original. And man, I, I love how that game holds up. Like the campaign on there, it's it's so damn good. <laughs> yeah, it is... Uh, I don't know if underrated is necessarily the right word, but I think it might be a little underrated. Like people might sleep on it nowadays. Like at the time people thought it was really good, but nobody talks about it anymore. Yeah. I I so when when my when my brothers were here and when they were cuz like we had a bunch of like game nights where sometimes we were playing together, sometimes we we're just in the area playing separate things. And this is a game from 2007 I was playing in front of them and they were super engaged that they thought it was really cool cuz they they like the new Modern Warfare, they play Warzone and stuff, but they thought this like this Call of Duty 4 remastered was super dope. So, yeah. it's it shows to me that it's pretty damn timeless. Yeah, and like the especially with the remaster, like it I think it, uh, it it really only seemed to get press like it, it seemed to just disappear really quickly. And I was kind of surprised because I was expecting it to blow up. Uh, which one, the first and remaster like, or the second remaster? Um, oh, gosh. Because no, I will tell I'm you, Modern Warfare 2 remastered, that fell off pretty quick because it was only campaign. There's no multiplayer component to it. No, there was definitely a multiplayer aspect because I remember seeing a lot of the COD guys that I have on my Twitter timeline talking about it kind of right when it came out. Oh, gotcha. And then, and then it just like disappeared. So it must have been the first one because it was guys playing the multiplayer. Okay. Uh, and from what I know, I didn't play it all too much. I played multiplayer a bit and I enjoyed it and then I stopped like every other multiplayer game. Uh, yeah. But from what I know, I think Activision did their Activision thing and messed with the multiplayer, which pissed off a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, that seems unsurprising to say the least. But yep. but the campaign yeah. is still good, everyone. Just play the campaign. Yep. It's really good <laughs> still. Yeah. I remember like basically all the way up through through like Black Ops 2. Like I remember having a good time with like most of the COD campaigns and yeah. like being a Halo kid, like that was kind of a weird thing to say at the time, but like Looking back, like I, I enjoyed all of those campaigns. Oh, well, dude, yeah, the whole, maybe not all of them, but I, I think most of them. The, the, I mean, iconic moments there too, where it's like oh, you know, yeah. all gillied up, and then you go into that yeah. big, big building, and you wait there for like two days, and then you shoot off the dude's arm, and then you have to defend yourself against just like waves of people. Like it's one of the best moments, man. I have played that mission so many times, and like I was never a COD guy, but I've like like 
even I have played that mission so many times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is fantastic. Yeah, and I, I just feel like there's kind of some... To me, some of the best campaigns were like in the Call of Duty series were Call of Duty 2, Call of Duty 4, and Black Ops. Like the first, I think the first Black Ops is probably still my favorite um, campaign out of all those. Which, like, as someone who is like live and die by COD 4, that's surprising to say. But like the multiplayer will always be my favorite for Call of Duty 4, but Black Ops has the best campaign to me. Yeah. Yeah, it would be really hard for me to rank them, especially because like, I I never really like dove into them like I did with the Halo campaigns. So it's sure. tough for me to it's tough for me to rank them. Um, but I think that that game is probably like it's probably right up there for me mm-hmm. as far as COD games go. Like oh. there might be maybe Black Ops Two. I think Black Ops Two for me was or wait, which is the uh, uh, the numbers Mason? What do they mean? Which which game am I? Oh, that was about? the first one. It's first the first Black Ops. Yeah, game. yeah, Black Ops One. Yeah, yeah, okay. I knew it was one of the Black Ops games. I couldn't remember which one. Okay, yeah. Black Ops One. I hated the multiplayer. That's why this was confusing me. The mm, multiplayer was yeah, not yeah. very good, but the I remember that campaign being really good as well. People didn't like the I multiplayer remember. until they got sick of Modern Warfare Three's multiplayer. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, there was there was that, and man, it, it's even just like talking with my younger brothers. Um, Black Ops is enough there because they've played like Black Ops 4. They didn't play 3 or 2 or even the first one. But like Mm -hmm. even they were telling me like they just hear from friends or like other people. They're just like, yeah, no, we've never played Black Ops, but we hear that that one was really, really good. And I'm just like, man, like if people are if they're just hearing this like from a 10 year old game that that one's still good, then that that's some nice. That is some quality right there. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. No, for sure. Yeah, so the other game I finished, which, uh, dude, I am I am not good at playing games where there's no, like, completely open-ended. Like, mm-hmm. I, like Minecraft, that's a big one for me. Like, I don't jive with that. On top of it, Minecraft actually puts me to sleep. It's a very boring game to me. But, um, so I've never done, like, Animal Crossing, really, or some other games that were similar. So back in March, like everyone else, I picked up Animal Crossing New Horizons knowing that there was no point to this game. And I finally beat it because I found out just a few weeks ago that there is an actual point to Animal Crossing New Horizons that will make the uh, make the credits roll, which is you have to get your high island ranking up to three stars and then the next day, K.K. Slider comes and performs a concert. And at that point, you quote unquote finish Animal Crossing New Horizons. Really? I had no idea that this was even a thing. I'm, I tell- I'm telling you, Animal man. Animal Crossing on- was just a thing you always played. No, that's what I thought, too. But I'm telling wow. you, man, on paper, Animal Crossing New Horizons, there is a way you can beat the game. And that is huh. it. Three star rating. And after that, you schedule the concert with K.K. Slider and you go to the concert. Huh. Yeah, I mean that's fair. You know what? Now that you're saying that, I have seen footage of this concert. Yeah. And, like I just never really put together that this was like a, a an end screen, so to speak, because I was just, in my head I was just like, oh whatever, it's, it's Animal Crossing. You just you just play until you're done. And, <laughs> right, and right. That's huh. That seems like a weird choice because I I it, correct me if I'm wrong. I've never played any of the other Animal Crossing games, but this isn't something they've done before. That I have no idea. Maybe somebody in the comments can answer that, but I have no idea. I was always under the assumption that like you just keep playing and playing and playing, which this is like on the level of how do I say this is like on the level of like the Elder Scrolls games or the Fallout games where there's a main quest line 
and you can go from beginning to end and finish the main quest line and the credits will roll and then afterwards nobody really plays it for the main quest line they play it for all the other stuff you can do in the side quests so it's it's like a it's like a cute version of that <laughs> yeah that's fair yeah and of course the the last thing which you ke- you cannot beat this one by the way there you just can't uh fall guys i indulged in this i came back online for the first time in ages uh, i've been playing with friends i'm playing with my brothers on ps4 dude this game is it is so dumb but it is so cute and fun all at the same time and it is the only battle royale game i've ever played that's very fair and yeah like the I've watched a lot of Fall Guys because, like, obviously all of the big streamers are playing it. As a guy who, you know, edits videos that are about streaming news, we've had lots of conversations about it and the people playing it. And so I, I ended up, I had never really, like, sought this game out specifically. I had, like, heard about it. I was like, eh, that sounds kind of cool. It doesn't sound like something that I need to, like, go out and, like, look up right now. Like, it wasn't like, oh, it blew me away. And then this whole thing started to blow up with Tim the Tatman not having a win and I saw some of the Twitter banter and I was oh like, my hey, god that's really yeah. funny. it was super funny and then he he was streaming and he was like he was like very like it was like a, oh this is the stream I get the win kind of thing and he's streaming with Nade Shot and a Formula One driver whose name is escaping me right now but he's also been doing a lot of streaming over COVID uh, gotten pretty big himself and so I kind of just like tuned in while I was at work and it got to the point where I was like jumping out of my chair every time this guy got to a final like like really wanting him to win like the game just like sucked me in and like obviously tim's a really great content creator he's a really good personality so he does a lot of that work too but this fall guys game like i've never played a game of it but i'm like already kind of invested and i was like hey they've they've got something here like this is actually pretty pretty well done dude i'm telling you this before before august ends uh because i don't i hope y'all have playstation plus fire up the ps4 claim it we should all play it together oh definitely it definitely needs to happen at some yeah. point this is a game where i'm like i know i'm going to play it now at this point because like it's it's clearly not going away and like clearly a lot of people that i know are playing this game yeah so like at some point i'm going to end up playing this game um so yeah It'll definitely have to happen at some point. Yeah, I think the only downsides to it right now are uh, it's only on PS4 and Steam, and it's not cross-play. So, like, yeah. my brothers are wanting it on mainly Xbox One, and I'm like, no, that'd be awesome. And then they want it on Xbox One so they can cross-play on, you know, Xbox One to PS4. And I'm just like, no, it's neither of the, those things are happening. But I, I think they're trying to get co- cross-play going first, which I hope they do. Right. No, yeah, yeah that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I'm excited. We have to. We'll definitely have to play at some point. Hell yeah, that, that'd be a time. Hell yeah, that's been like I. That was the game. That was the game of all games that brought me back to multiplayer. <laughs> yeah, that. You know what? That's fair. Honestly. <laughs> oh man, well you know we're we're pretty much at the end here. But uh, Colton, where can people find you online if they want to interact with you more? Wow, if people actually want to interact with me online, that is a concept. <laughs> that is a concept right there. Uh, look, I'm going to be honest. People are probably going to be a little disappointed if you want to interact with me on social media and the internet, but I do exist out there. I'm pretty easy to find. Uh, Twitter's probably the place I'm most active. It's just at the only Zoltan, all one word, uh, spelled exactly how you'd think it was spelled. Uh, Twitter's probably the easiest. Uh, YouTube. Like I have a channel. Don't bother. I haven't put anything there in a long time. I have a Twitch channel. I stream like maybe once every like, you know, 
seven, eight weeks and like, you know, whenever I kind of feel like it. But again, it's, you know, it's kind of irrelevant. Really, at the end of the day, if you're interested in, in what I'm up to, like Twitter's Twitter's the place because I try to keep things as concise as possible with the Internet because just this is there's so much going on. And, and to have a really wide presence is so much effort. And I just I just can't be bothered for sure. So Twitter Twitter is the place to be if you really care about what I'm up to. I like Twitter. Twitter's nice. Yeah. Or you can or really at the end of the day. This is going to sound like a plug for the score esports because it is. But really, at the end of the day, if you if you like the content, uh, the content out there, uh, esports wise, you especially if you want to hear more about this whole Fortnite Apple thing, uh, definitely head over to the score esports. Uh, I edit videos for don't right now. I edit for don't at me our series don't at me and our series clouded. Those are the two series I edit for. All the other stuff is probably way better because it's edited by people that are way better than me. Um, so there's a ton of content on there. But if you care about like gaming, esports, whatever it is like tech wise, like honestly, we've probably touched on it somewhere or another. So the score esports is another good place to follow the stuff that I'm up to. Cause I mean, obviously that's my nine to five. So that's where most of the content that I put onto the internet goes. Perfect. Well, that's cool. I'll, um, at least on the YouTube upload, I'll be sure to drop some links down below in the description so people can check you out more if they, if they so want to, but either way, I think, uh, we're good at this point. So last thing, last, last thing, uh, at the end of these episodes, I do like to use a keyword that people can use in the comments of the YouTube upload here so we can know they made it to the end. So what do you think the keyword should be for this episode? Oh boy, you're really dropping this one on me. Huh. Yeah, man. Good to be keyword. honest, I completely forgot until like 30 seconds ago. Okay, a good keyword that people could drop in there that would not give like there would not be something somebody might just accidentally put in there to really find out who the the real grinders are who made it all the way to the end of the episode. <laughs> uh oh, I'm trying to think of something that like kind of kind of relates to the episode, but it's a weird word that nobody would use, but I'm really bad with big words most of the time. Uh, hmm. <laughs> You've stumped me on this one. This is a tough one. Something like this is okay. This is my. You can feel free to tell me that this is a dumb one. This is this is one that people are probably going to have to Google to figure out how to spell. Uh, and it really, it actually doesn't make any sense at all. Uh, but it really only pops into mind because we were talking about a lawsuit for a while there. Uh, but the word fiduciary. Fiduciary, Which I think is a funny. Right. It's Ooh. a funny sounding word. It's I don't actually know how to spell it, so don't ask me. <laughs> we're gonna but be so could, we're gonna see so many spellings of it. I hope we do at least. Honestly, I feel like yeah, I feel like not looking it up and just spelling it how you think it sounds is probably more interesting, uh, and it's probably gonna provide more humor in the long run. But it's also just yeah, it's a funnier sounding word than it is to just see it written down. But I feel like with the misspellings, that might make up for that. Might make it a little more interesting in the comment section. But and and really at the end of the day, who's gonna Who's going to use that in, in context without having specifically tried to, you know, flex that they watch to the end of the episode? Yeah, good so, for you. somebody who's very concerned about the fiduciary things that are happening in regards to Apple versus Fortnite. So. <laughs> Which, to my understanding of the word, there are none, but I might be wrong there. And some lawyer in the comment section will probably tell me I'm wrong, but... <laughs> We'll, we'll we'll say that sure yeah yeah exactly fiduciary you fiduciary anyways yeah if you use that word in the comments of the youtube upload here we will know that you made it until the end and again this is available on my youtube channel mr mario 2011 or if you want to take this as a actual podcast around i don't know where you'd really go just just walk around and such please don't travel a whole ton just keep yourself safe and all that but 
In regards to all that, if you're wanting a actual MP3 download of this podcast, you can of course get it from by looking up Mario's Minute on any of your favorite podcasting platforms or applications or what have you. Let's fire that up. Anyways, uh, that is about it for this episode of Mario's Minute here. As I always say, this is Mr. Mario, signing off. Thank you all for listening and watching, everyone, and until next time.